Welcome everyone to Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I am joined by the lovely Carrie Smith in a hat, as always. Hey, Carrie. Hi, Carter. Thank <laughs> you for calling me lovely. Oh, do I not <laughs> normally? I don't normally call you lovely. Is that a thing? I don't know. I just heard it this time. Mm. Thank you. Okay. Happy well, <laughs> it is good to be here with you. And today we're joined by a special guest who you've seen before. He's been uh, he's been on the show, I don't know, at least once, maybe twice. He's also Tw been in book twi club twice. Twice, yeah, I thought it was twice. <laughs> and uh, and that's who you just heard in the background. His name is Keith Bissett. Keith is a writer, podcast host, student, fact checker, musician, reason advocate, and overreaching government critic. I think he's criticizing overreaching government, not overreaching in his critici criticism of government. Although perhaps both. Um, he spends his time studying, doing research, generating content for online text, audio, and video outlets, engaging online on fundamental topics, playing and recording live music, and exercising. He hosts the Liberty Solutions podcast and YouTube show, and has a live music YouTube channel, Keith the Hat Guy. You will recognize that from his uh, chat name also. He's in chat a lot as Keith the Hat Guy. Keith is also an electrical and systems engineer with 30 years professional experience in communications equipment design and integration. He lives in South Florida. You can follow him on Twitter at Keith Bissett. And you can check out the Liberty Solutions podcast by going to libertysolutions.buzzsprout.com. There's also a Liberty Solutions YouTube channel and a uh, Keith the Hat Guy YouTube channel. I'll put links to all of that stuff, all the YouTube channels, uh, article samples, music samples, uh, all below. Anyhow, Keith, welcome to the show. All right. Thanks, Carter and Carrie. Keith, so, I was going to say, you wear many hats, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> Is this yes, a good bit of competition between the two of literally, you? So, yeah, my by literally, uh, my Facebook persona and my Twitter persona and my articles are all different. So, yeah, I do write with different hats. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I collect the different hats for, for music. So, it started out for music, just so full disclosure for everybody to see me commenting. I was in a music group with a singer uh, named Juliet, and everybody could remember Juliet. They remember her name, but they could never remember me. So she came up with the hat guy because I always wore a hat. So we were <laughs> called Juliet and the hat guy. That's I where like the hat it. guy came from. Excellent. Cool. So, Keith, um, <laughs> we've been, you and I have been waiting to do this show for a few weeks now, I feel like, uh, because we wanted two, to see. Two months. Months, two maybe. Months. Okay. Yeah. Time flies. Uh, we wanted to. I wanted to see how this settled out. You wanted to see how this whole thing settled out. Um, you previously had been working for the Convention of States Project, which I don't know if everyone knows, so maybe you should describe that a bit. And then, and then you no longer work for the Convention of States Project, and uh, we're going to talk about why. <laughs> so, uh, yes. and maybe some other stuff. So, uh, why don't you start by just telling people what is the Convention of States Project generally? Okay, uh, Convention of States, it's a uh, grassroots nonprofit, 501c3 and 4. I was with the C4 part. Um, it's working to get the states to call a convention for proposing amendments. So there's two different ways to change the Constitution um, that, that follow the Constitution. Two different ways to do it without force. Uh, one way is Congress proposes an amendment and ratify votes on it if both houses of congress pass it it goes out to all the states and they ratify it um the second way is that the states propose it and then it goes to all the states to ratify so it's called a convention for proposing amendments 
So if um, if two two thirds of the states get together and they all propose a meeting or a convention for the same topic, then a meeting is called. All fifty states show up. Each state gets one vote. They debate, propose, debate, decide on amendments. Uh, then they vote on them. If it passes by a majority of vote, then it goes out to all the states to ratify. So that was set up uh, by the founders originally. It's in Article Five of the original Constitution. It's a way of fixing the federal government when the federal government won't fix itself. So they recognized right from the beginning in Philly and when they were writing the Constitution that if Congress is the problem, Congress is not going to propose an amendment to fix itself. Like, that's kind of obvious, right? And Congress is currently a problem. So there, this, is a, this is an effort to get states to um, propose amendments and send them out to ratify and Convention of States Action is the, the name of it. Uh, Convention of States is kind of a nickname for it. It's really, it's conventions for proposing amendments in the Constitution. So um, there's 15 states so far have called for it uh, with this organization with the same three topics. One is limit the scope and jurisdiction of the federal government, like make amendments to not let them abuse the Commerce Clause, the Welfare Clause, that sort of thing. Like, like don't let them claim that growing six pot plants in your basement for medical use is interstate commerce, which is how they regulate marijuana, um, that sort of thing. Second topic is term limits for more than a president. Like term limits to the president, everybody thinks that's a good idea. So why not Congress? Why not the Supreme Court? Um, and the third topic is just fiscal responsibility. Like don't let Congress borrow a trillion dollars a year from people that aren't old enough to vote to pay for programs today, like just stop them from doing that. So the Convention of States um, is just working to get the states to propose for those three topics. It doesn't define the amendments. So the organization doesn't define what the amendments are, just topics. And when actually get the convention, then the delegates that go to the convention will figure that part out. Um, there's 15 states on board so far. Uh, Florida is one of them. I'm in Florida. It's called a past state. So 15 states with Convention of States action have um, passed in their legislatures to call con for convention. Um, it has to get up to 34 before the meeting's held. And probably when we get close to 34, when the organization gets close to 34, uh, there's going to be some uh, people in Congress working full time to try to stop it. Right. They don't want their power limited. Um, my role, if I should go into that, I, so I've been doing it for two years, uh, about half time. Um, I started as what they call a social media warrior, SMW, which is a <laughs> social justice warrior. <laughs> and by the way, I want to start a unsafe space social media warrior group. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We need so, um, anyway, it's a great, it's a great title. So I, I had, uh, came across convention of States online, just poking around on Facebook um, and somebody was saying how this was a crazy, insane idea. And like, I was like, what is this? And I'm pretty familiar with the Constitution. Like I have a I have a habit since I was about 20. Every July 4th, I read the whole Constitution all the way through. Like I'm pretty familiar with it. Um, but I never paid much attention to this other way because it's never been used before. But it is in there. There's two different ways to propose amendments. So I like, well, this sounds kind of interesting. Um, so I went and spent a whole day like, reading online about it. And I ended up arguing with this guy saying, no, this is a good idea. So somebody saw that and called me. Um, and, and that's how I ended up. And they made me a social media warrior. 
um, which I did for a little while. And then my writing is more careful and more factual and more educational than a lot of people. So that got noticed. And then they made me a state content writer. So I started writing for the blog and the website. Uh, then I became a videographer. Uh, and then I started a podcast and then the YouTube channel. Um, I found that, um, that, you know, using Facebook and the blog was very well served by so many people. And like I said, I'm an engineer. So the problem is, how do you get people to sign the petition to call for a convention? So I kind of looked around and saw what other people were doing. And, I, you know, the, the, the standard audience, the, they say not to use titles or labels, but like the, the you know, middle class, upper class, Republican voter, conservative Christian, that, that whole demographic is well served by lots and lots of people. So I was like, well, I'm going to go to the Crunk Fest and see if I can get petitions, you know? Crunk Fest? A podcast. I went to the Crunk Fest. And what is that? Pot? It was, no, it was music. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a music thing. So um, I started, I did a couple events. Like I did one that was a carnival and two big, huge stages. And, uh, you know, the, the people in the area were saying, nah, this county's saturated because the county I live in or the district I live in is, is, has a pretty lot of signatures, you know. And uh, I ended up doing two events um, with a friend who does tactical training stuff. So he, he does concealed carry classes at, like, carnivals with a big trailer. Like, <laughs> kind of cool. So we, like, got – we had booths next to each other. He sponsored us. Um, and he was doing $10 off a concealed carry class if you signed the petition. It's like, well, they never tried stuff like that before. And it's at a music event with these huge stages. So we ended up getting like 10% of the total signatures since the organization started in this district in one event. It's like, yeah, you got to stop going just to Trump rallies. I have a question. You said you've got 15 states on board. And once we get to 34, that's the number of states needed, right? So what is your... uh, do you think that's likely? What's your opinion on how, how likely that is to bring? Do you think that's going to happen? It's just a matter of time. Um, I hope it happens as a matter of time. Uh, <laughs> three more states signed last year. Um, just a few days ago, it might even been yesterday, the Michigan, a Michigan state committee, I think, uh, passed it. Like, I think it's going to go to the floor in Michigan. Um, so, but it takes 34 uh, there will be some pushback as it gets closer to 34, but you know I don't make predictions. You know, predicting the future yeah. is a terrible track record. <laughs> so I, I I think it'll happen eventually. And there are several other Article Five groups. There's a balanced budget group. There's a term limits group um, that are also working towards it. Okay. So I I think it'll happen eventually, but I I don't know. The movement's pretty strong. Convention of states action that this group has somewhere like four million supporters um uh, you know over a million people have signed the petition um so it's it's a grassroots it's a state mostly state run like each state is run independently kind of the way the founders but set up the union is supposed to be and there's a real tiny national organization they're not very big and almost everybody's a volunteer there's very few people that are that are paid. There's no office. There's no central place. Everybody works from home. Yeah. So so okay. So here we are. You've you've been working on this for a few years. Obviously, it has appealed to uh, conservatives more, just based on, or I'll say, libertarian slash conservatives. The the non the non left, 
right? Small uh, government. Small, small government, government type people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then something happened recently. You're no longer there. And I will say at the outset, uh, as an atheist who is, you know, I used to be an evangelical atheist, but I have very much mellowed, I think as Carrie can attest to, and I've got friends who are Christian. We've got supporters on the show that are that are Christian and, you know, hope that someday I will join them. And like we, we, we're, we're all fighting the good fight together and we have mutual respect for one another. And um, what happened to you really, really angers me. Um, and uh, I, I would like to see how other Christians respond to what's happened to you, which is it's a good thing we have Carrie on the show. Um, Keith, can you describe... I, I don't know where to start with it, but maybe describe <laughs> what happened most recently. Okay. Um, I was, uh, well, they called it removed from the team, which is basically fired. Um, but you have to think through what does it actually mean to be fired from a volunteer position? Because right. my first reaction was, well, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm trying to get a convention happen. Like, what does it mean to fire me? I don't have right. to check Slack every day to see what's going on. I don't have to go to the meetings. But other than that, I'm going to keep doing my show and keep writing. And um, But anyway, yeah, I was fired um, for uh, what they called contentious and argumentative behavior. So, so so it happened uh, after a uh, exchange. I'll use the word exchange for it. Uh, that was contention, contentious for some people. Um, anyway, this guy uh, Gary—I don't even know his last name—on on Slack, uh, the, the private channel. His name is Gary DC41. Uh, he posted an article and said, uh, "I wrote this. What do you think?" And um, I'm kind of unofficial second in the communications group in Florida. Uh, you know, my, my next level up is the communications director. So anyway, I uh, often would look at new content from new people and edit it, give them hints, help them with it. So I thought this guy was going to post this on the blog. So I read it and it was... Uh, and he asked, for, he asked for feedback, just to be clear. Like he asked he for said, feedback. What do you guys think? Okay. So I don't actually know if he intended to get it on the blog or not, but he did post it on our Convention Estates, you know, internal messaging channel. Um, so uh, I read it, and it was, uh, I think Carter described it as street corner in your face preaching. <laughs> um, it wasn't well Bible. written for, a, even like, even for a Christian argument, I don't think it was well written. It was very, it was very yell at you and beat you over the head with Bible verses. Yeah. Um, I can I can show a little of it just since we're on it. Okay, this is what uh, Gary posted on uh, our Slack channel. Eight pillars of the society. To understand the eight pillars of society adequately, we must first understand the kingdom of God and how it relates to our lives. Basically, the kingdom of God is the rule of God upon a set of location or place. Contrary to popular belief, the kingdom of God extends beyond the borders of religion. Instead, is meant to infiltrate every aspect of our lives, from our families to the media and arts, sports, culture, science, government, business, economics, and education. In Genesis 1.1, in it's hard to read that. In Genesis 1.1 shows us that the knowledge, the Lord, I don't know how to pronounce that, created the heavens and the earth. Without Him, the earth would have 
remain formless void without life, that the earth has a special connection with him and his created order is meant to be in obedience to him. The created order was essentially put under care of Adam. The kingdom of God is about love, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17. Can, Romans 8, we, 19. I don't think we need to read the whole thing, do we? <laughs> oh, I'm not going to. Okay, in fact, okay. I have to pay money to these people to read the whole thing. Which, oh, okay. <laughs> which I'm not willing to do. But I did actually, when he first posted it, I was able to read the first one. I have to clear my cache to go back and read it. Oh, okay. didn't do that. Anyway, um, so I read this. It's pretty long, and it's exactly like that all the way through. And I read it all, and I replied on the Slack that... Um, I saw nothing in there that promotes or is related to Convention of States. Um, uh, what was this about? And he came back and said, we could show it in that exchange some if you want. But he came back <laughs> well, and just attacked. I have a question. So as I'm reading this for the first time, I'm assuming he's going to build up to how this relates to the Convention of States, but he doesn't? Nope, he never brought up convention of states. Oh, here's what he wrote. I just wrote, what do you think? Blah, blah, blah. Here's the link. So I said, I noticed nothing in the article related to convention of states actions, what the acronym is. I'm curious why you posted here. It seems to be an inappropriate use of CSA resources to be to pursue something unrelated to self-governance in the Article 5 convention. No offense intended, just don't understand why it is here or of general interest to the CSA folks. So guess what happened when I said that? <laughs> uh, you need to talk to someone you mutually know, blah, blah, blah. I don't even want to read all this. This is not up for interpretation. Uh, I'll post what I choose. He did put a LOL in there. I don't want to read through all this. This is about our civic duty something. I said, you asked what I thought. I think you're using CSA resources inappropriately to push your religion, as opposed to the primary goal, as I understand it, of fixing what's wrong with DC. I don't want people to use CSA to evangelize as it will turn off some people who would otherwise be receptive to the liberty message. The person he has to talk to, I happen to know. I said, I would call if the reason. I don't understand my, quote, need to talk to her. Let me know what the topic is. Your point on fixing, fixing culture is good. Agreed. That part of your article makes good points, though for me, I had to get through the religion dogma to pull out the valid part. If it wasn't on Slack from someone I know to be on the good side, I probably would not have read past the first couple sentences. Easy to see what was coming. And then this, I kind of got from you guys. <laughs> Politics is downstream from culture. Culture is downstream from philosophy. Fix philosophy, then fix culture, then fix politics. It can't be done by fixing politics first. It's backwards. Fundamentals matter. Um, I don't know if I want to read so, all this. No, I mean, I say, but I, I think the, the thing that struck me here, Keith, was like, so you basically said to him, look, uh, I, is, first of all, you didn't ban him from doing this. You don't, it's not like you had the power to, like, say, take this off. You were just saying, like, hey, I don't – you asked what I thought. I don't think it's a good use of resources. It's not really related to Convention of States. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. Um, his response was basically uh, – he used a lot of ad hominem on you. He called you some names, which uh, – I don't remember what they are, but I can... Yeah, I, I'm going uh, to scroll down. Yeah, he, he called you some names, he yelled at you, basically told you you were an idiot, and that uh, religion was intrinsic to the Convention of States project, and the only reason to do this, and I and wanted to escalate. I think, did he, does he escalate, did he escalate he this? Yeah? 
I'll read more of his. Like honestly, okay. Keith, I came back with a few more points along the lines of what I was saying. I did, I did bring up natural law, and I, you know, you know that that I I, I said something along the lines of you know religion is in between philosophy and and culture, and you can insert it if you want, but it really goes back to philosophy. Uh, he said, honestly, Keith, I'm done talking to an agnostic person that shouldn't even be involved in this movement because you're contrary to the base and fundamentals of the Constitution, the word God, in God we trust, is the only reason why this Constitution was written. You are ignorant, and I'm done talking to a punk videographer. I read it like that because there's no punctuation in it. <laughs> I think you should put punk videographer as your um, bio on Twitter or okay, wherever gonna, you are. I'm going to make a note. Yeah, punk. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Terry. Thanks. <laughs> he he. By the uh, way, he also. And he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Yeah." Uh, and and I'm also reading it for people that are listening to the audio version. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, freedom of religion is not freedom from religion. Really? Um, agnostic, secular, Satanist, Wiccan. Could you tell me what that means, Carrie? <laughs> What's a sa- agnostic, secular, Satanist? Well, no, he, he just didn't put commas there. He's saying agnostic, secular, Satanist, Wiccan are basically are all destructive to society and to the Constitution as a whole, just like Marxism. So you are closer to Marxism with Darwinist base. So why don't you join Occupy Wall Street? He's saying that um, that, in his opinion, that being agnostic, which you are, um, is no different than being secular or Satanist or Wiccan in terms of how how destructive that is to society and to the Constitution. Okay. It's the same as Marxism. All right, yes. It's the same as Marxism, Satanist. Yeah. Yeah. So to be yeah. agnostic is the same as being Satanist? He's saying it's words, just as not, destructive. It's just as destructive. Okay. In his opinion. Okay. And then... The why don't you join Occupy Wall Street? I wasn't sure what that really meant. So anyway, I replied, I replied, name calling is a typical response from someone intellectually incapable of providing a rational argument. I was hoping for more. Oh, well, my mistake for wasting time with your ignorance. Uh, I got yelled at for calling him ignorant, by the way. <laughs> I name called him, they said. Right. Uh, and I said, I assume you cannot answer my question. Perhaps it frightens you to consider it. Um. He came back. I understand so much more than you. I have spiritual knowledge as well as constitutional knowledge as well as historical knowledge. You are an ignorant piece of crap. I have no regard for you. I think you're a scumbag, pathetic joke. In leadership to our allow this kind of stupidity in this group is contrary to the beliefs of the majority of the district captains and destructive to this movement. I replied, given you consider pushing religion as your priority, as opposed to fixing the federal government, you're in the iron group. Find a group whose focus is evangelizing. By the way, there's no such thing as spiritual knowledge. Using that phrase indicates you do not know what the English term knowledge means. Well, so okay. let's pause That's here again. for a second. Let's pause here for a second. Because um, it turns out, Keith, that you were wrong. He wasn't in the wrong group. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, good, good point. It's you were, good. you were in the wrong group. Gets back. <laughs> Carter's always good at getting back to the fundamentals. So anyway, Carrie, uh, before I say what happens, what do you think about that little chat there? As well, a- uh, I think I actually think that what he was trying to do, I didn't read the whole thing, but if he was, 
if I read the whole thing, he said he alluded to how this applies to the Constitution of States later. I think what he was trying to do was to reach out to fellow Christians and sh- and make an argument for Convention of States to fellow Christians. And if that's what he's doing, I don't have a problem with people doing that because you're appealing to shared values and beliefs. But I, I do have a problem with someone not being receptive to criticism or just basic questions and to um, and to having having such a closed off like closed minded approach to uh, well to the world in, in in believing that someone who's agnostic can't share values even if they don't share the belief in God that they could that they could, you know the same God that he believes in. Um, that they couldn't share values and they sh- they couldn't come to in a, you know come to the same conclusions about the benefit of a convention of states. So I think he I think he was too defensive, and I think he was not very open minded. Um, but I do get the value in what he's doing, and 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 I say that because I've gotten to where lately uh, I've become I've, some of my posts have become more focused on talking to fellow Christians about the stuff that we talk about on unsafe space, about fighting SJW ideology, about fighting identity politics, Marxism, and not some of my posts are directly to Christians and they depend on someone having the same beliefs that I do um, when it comes to God and, and Christianity. But when I do those posts, I think it's pretty clear and I try to make it very clear that I am talking to people who share my beliefs and it doesn't mean that people who don't share those beliefs can't get something from it. And it's never, I never approach it with the attitude of like, if you don't believe exactly what I do about God, there's no place for you here. <laughs> you know, that's very close minded. So I don't know if well, that answered your question. But. The big problem though with this isn't that, so look, I, I see this and it's like, okay, two people arguing in a Slack channel online, like it can be over now. Right. Uh, yeah. No, no one else, but the, the Florida team, it's like a Florida team Slack right. channel. It can it's be not done now. He posted a thing. Public. You guys had a fight. To me, it's like the end. No action needs to be taken at that point. You didn't try and ban him for being Christian. He uh, had no power to ban you. Like, it, it could be over. You disagreed. The end. Right? Um, and But but it didn't end. And so so it's not the conversation that pisses me off. I mean... Yeah, I think the guy was a jerk in and how he handled himself. Um, and I think he, he clearly uh, had a different agenda than the stated agenda of Convention of States. And But if it had ended there, then you would still be working for a Convention of States and we wouldn't be having this conversation. It's what happens next that really gets my ire. So this is, can you describe, because this opened up, I guess Pandora's box, and you were. This is what led to your firing. The, yeah, the conversation did. So this happened in the evening. Uh, the next morning, I um, when I woke up, I went on Slack, which I normally do in the morning to see what's happening. It's it's we do all kinds of stuff on there, and um, uh, it it didn't. I couldn't connect. So like. So I couldn't get on Slack. Um, so then I tried the national. Uh, I'm also on a team that's the national communications team. Like I'm not on that one. 
I'm like, well, this is weird. It looks like I'm not on Slack. I'm not really sure what happened. So um, I just didn't do anything with it. So a few days later, uh, I didn't have my computer. I just had my phone at the time. Um, and I got on my computer and I poked around and I couldn't get my computer to get on Slack either. It, like I come up with Slack and it's like, do you want to join a team? I'm like, I think I got removed from Slack. Now, <laughs> so wait, did you I get just, any, just to be clear, was there any communication through other channels, email, phone calls, no, anything from no. the organization saying, hey, Keith, we removed you from Slack? No. No, all I knew is I, I could tell after I got to my computer, like Slack, I was off Slack. Like, like, and I said, I, I got removed from Slack, and it wasn't hard to figure out why. <laughs> right. I assumed it was that. So anyway, um, I just continued to do what I was doing anyway. I think I was writing. I was working on an article, and I was working on another podcast. I just kept working, but I didn't put anything out, uh, and I was just off Slack, and I don't know if anybody even noticed. Um, so anyway, a week later, the state director, uh, Richard Simo, um, he called me up. And he said that I was removed from the team. And I said, why? <laughs> Calmly. <laughs> and I said, well, I, I, I could tell I was removed from Slack. Like, what do you mean by removed from the team? Mm -hmm. He says, you're, you're fired. You're removed from the Florida team. And for that mm -hmm. conversation, because I was argumentative and contentious. And he said, this is a quote, I alienated 98% of the Florida team. I was like, really? 98%? I said, okay. I think I said, like, did you do a survey? That's a pretty big number. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I said, you know, what was really the reason? And he said, because you're contentious. And I, and I offended everybody or something like that. And so I started asking questions. So I asked him, well, who made the decision? And he wouldn't tell me. He said it was some group above me. I'm like, okay, can you, like, tell me who so I can talk to them? Because he wouldn't tell me anymore. And um, I asked a few more questions. I was, it had been a week. I mean, I wasn't, I was asking, I was talking like I am right now. Totally. Calm. I don't get excited very easily. I was going to say, I, I, I could, as someone who's known Keith for 25 years, uh, I don't think you've ever, you never get excited. I have this been. I get excited, rarely. but not, not that easy. Yeah, not that easy. I, I never um, see so you anyway. actually mad. <laughs> I did get mad at this afterwards, but but anyway, so okay. yeah, I, I said, well, I'm trying to get to like the real reason because contentious, like you said, I'm contentious. That's like an emotional response, right? Argumentative and contentious are emotional reactions in somebody hearing an argument. It's like, well, yeah, we had a little, I wouldn't call it a debate because this Gary guy here couldn't debate. I don't know if he's even capable of debate, um, but yeah, we went back and forth. I said, he called me a bunch of names, and Richard said, you called him a name. I'm like, what name did I call him? You called him ignorant. I'm like, well, he is ignorant. That's just a fact. <laughs> I said, he, he's ignorant about what natural law is. Like, that's, I didn't say that he was an ignorant person. I said he was ignorant about natural law. That's not ad hominem, right? So, so anyway, um, it went on like this for, I don't know, I'm guessing, a couple minutes, two, three minutes, and he became so emotional that... And then the line disconnected in the middle of a sentence. I was saying, I'm like, so I'm like, okay, well, I'm not gonna. I'm on a cell phone. I'm not gonna assume he hung up, but it sure sound like that. But I don't want to guess at that. So I called him back up and I said, Richard, um, I can tell you're upset. Uh, just let me know who I want to talk to. Call me back or text me the name of who I should talk to because I would like to find out really why because this doesn't make sense. Okay, so then 
maybe a week later, I forget the timing, <laughs> nothing happened. Don't hear back, nothing, no emails, no message, nothing. Like a week later, I get uh, I got a text and he said, from Richard, he said, somebody will call you. I'm like, okay. Then like a week later, I get another call from Jason uh, and you've seen Jason's email. Yeah. Um, uh, Jason, I know I've worked with him a bunch of times. He's a real good guy. He's a grassroots coordinator, for, and he's a national-level person. He's paid. Um, we ended up talking for about a half hour, 45 minutes, um, and he said the same thing. It was argumentative and contentious, and he brought up uh, two other examples because I asked, um, and he said uh, the two other ones I'll talk about more, but one was – a video I did about the Declaration of Independence and then another one where I asked somebody not to use in Jesus' name we pray in a prayer in a Christian, in a business meeting. Um, those were the two things he brought up. So I, so I said, well, that sounds religion. And he goes, this isn't about religion. It's about your general argumentative and contentious. But he did talk to me for half an hour. Um, but he wouldn't say who decided to fire me. Uh, he wouldn't bring up any other examples. Um, he said we didn't have shared reality, you know, a bunch of it, – it was very hand-waving. Right. Um, that so sounds I'm, like religion to me, by the way, not shared reality, but okay. Well, I, I don't – I didn't – I wasn't too judgmental on him. He's a young guy. Uh, I, he's full-time employee. He might have been told to call me. He is somebody that knows me. Like I've met him in person a bunch of times, had dinner with him, been to events with him. So they might have just said, okay, we're going to sign somebody above Richard. Because this guy, Richard, I, I, he, he couldn't even handle the conversation. He was so, seemed to be so angry. So anyway, um, I wrote an email back to him. Uh, I didn't even have the conversation because I got taken off Slack. I didn't actually have Gary's conversation. So I asked him to send me the conversation, which I just showed. So he sent me the conversation and I read it. Think And I was thinking that maybe I'm remembering myself way more favorably than, than what really happened. So then I read through it, and I'm like, no, it's actually the opposite. This guy was an ass, and I was kind of being pretty polite to him, yeah, relatively speaking. Yeah. So I wrote a reply back to Jason, a long reply, which Carter, I blind copied Carter on it, um, and because I wanted his perspective, like like Carter's a great person to analyze those sorts of things, an argument. And and I know him well enough to know that if I say something wrong, he's going to go, that's wrong, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so anyway, <laughs> yes, Carrie knows that. Right? <laughs> so anyway, um, I wrote what I thought was a good response, and I like spent a lot of time. I went through and analyzed all three events, and I concluded it was about religion. Um, and I sent this long thing where I analyzed it and I described the three events he brought up and uh, he just came back with an email that said, you know, basically, uh, I didn't read all your, I didn't read it, but I get your point. It's not about what you say. It's a, can we, it's can we just pause your, his, yeah, I didn't read ahead. it, but you're wrong. Like, let's, let's just focus on that. That was his response. I didn't read your yeah. email, but you're wrong. Back. Let's that was find it. I'm going to pop that up too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I hope Jason doesn't mind it, but this is—it's an email. <laughs> I mean, that if Jason one really... ever, I don't think Jason's going to. He didn't even read my email, so he probably won't watch this. But. Oh, here's okay. Here's his reply. Hi, Keith. 
didn't have time to read all this or give you feedback on whether what you described here is accurate, but I got a few points. I understand that you don't like or agree with the reasoning we gave you for removing you from the team and you think it's about religion. I'll just repeat again. You were removed not for the content of your arguments, but because of your argumentativeness itself. It's true that many of the ways you've been contentious happen to be about religion. That's not the issue. The issue is contentious, argumentative behavior. So it's <laughs> Carter, why don't you? <laughs> well, okay, look, I, here's the thing that, a couple things bother me about this. Uh, first of all, your job is to argue and make a case for uh, the convention of states to people you write articles, you like, you do, that's part of your job is to be uh, argumentative. Argumentative is not a bad quality, just in general. Um, I will say this about you, uh, having known you for a while. You are the kind of guy who's not a dutiful soldier in the sense that someone, like, if someone's like, go shoot this person, you're going to immediately say, why? <laughs> like, you're going to, or no, right? But, but you'll, but you'll, you do ask questions and you ask for rational justification, but you don't do it, in my experience, I've never seen you do it in a way. And by the way, I've read all of this, I've reviewed all the evidence that you've said, like I've seen the entire Slack conversation, I've seen everything that's gone on. At, at no point are you uh, rude, at no point are you uh, even nitpicky. It's not like you're picking on little things and like saying, I don't want you to talk about your religion or this or that, like none of that. You're making an argument and what I see is people too lazy or or incapable of arguing back with you being tired of the fact that you're like stop bringing up things that I can't argue against you're contentious and then labeling the labeling you as contentious because you're inconvenient to their agenda that's that's my view but I but but that's I think we should talk about the three cases so we talked about the first one which was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, here, the contentious Slack discussion you had with this guy, who this guy, anyone who reads the Slack discussion will, and is, is even semi-impartial, will look at it and say, the other guy's a jerk. Yeah, Keith wasn't the nicest guy the entire time, but given what was happening, like, you were pretty restrained in what you were saying. And, and matter of fact, this other guy was a jerk. Okay, fine. The two other instances I think are even more egregious to me. So let's talk about the prayer one first, because that one okay. blows my mind. Tell people <laughs> okay. what happened. All right, on the on the prayer one, um, when I first joined, uh, I was doing uh, a communications team meeting and a um, state meeting. When I got, became a content uh, writer, state content writer, uh, it was a weekly uh, on Zoom. Um, and at the beginning of the meeting, they were doing a prayer, like somebody would offer a prayer. And, uh, you know, it was a short Christian prayer, but that's how they open up the meeting. And the state director would say, you know, would so-and-so offer the prayer? Uh, and then one time I said, um, on, the, on the communications team meeting, like it ha happened the first time, and that's who I report to. And, and by the way, the communications director has never been part of any of this. She's great. Um, I said, and she had started doing it because it had all been done that way when she took that over. And I said to her, it's not appropriate to have a Christian prayer in a business meeting. And she said, oh, yeah, you're right. And she stopped doing it. Um, the state director, uh, I said that to her, and she just ignored me. Uh, 
And so then I let it go, I don't know, for months. And then one time I just said, I said, can I make a request after the prayer? Would you say in Jesus' name I pray rather than we pray? Because you don't speak for me. That's what he said. Which, by the way, is like so obvious to any actual Christian that like it's an individual thing. You're not speaking for the entire Convention of States organization. Um, That to me is the most mild, reasonable, uh, unassailable request request that an agnostic or atheist could possibly make in an organization like this. And, And I've been thinking about a way to bring this up, you know. So like that was to me, it was like a little step, like. I guess I was putting a toe in the water, like, what do you guys really mean by this? Anyway, I got, like, jumped on, totally jumped on. It was like an SJW mob. That's what I told Carter yesterday. I, I, I got a new acronym, CJWs. Christian Justice Award. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, so – Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. And then, Let me finish the story. So, yeah, they, like, jumped on me. One guy goes, just come to Mass with me on Sunday. You'll understand. And the state director goes – he speaks for everyone here, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, so I was like, I just kind of didn't say anything. So I called the state director afterwards and uh, said that um, it's not appropriate to have a Christian prayer in a business meeting. Uh, I've worked 30 years in the corporate environment, like, and NASA. <laughs> like, I can tell you, you know, GE Aerospace or NASA, if you tried that, they would, like, <laughs> drag the manager down to human resources and read them the riot act. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> Um, so, so I asked the question, is this a Christian business? Like, nobody told me that. And if you had told me that when I started, I, I wouldn't have joined. So, like, answer me the question. So, n- nobody would answer that. Um, and it ended up being, she said, you know, if you don't, this is not a business. If you don't like this, then you can just leave, go somewhere else. Like, that was how she left it. And I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> I won't go to state meetings anymore. Um, that's what that happened. So, so can, can I just be clear? So I looked this up because I, when, when you said this to me, I was like, well, maybe Keith just didn't read their website closely. Maybe it says we want to have a convention of states and its foundational principle is, is Christianity and God. And that's what the, is important about the constitution. And if he had just read the organization he was joining, it would be explicitly Christian. And then he doesn't really have a like to stand on. Um, so I went and I, I did that. I'm going to share my screen now. Here is the Convention okay. of States website. And I read all of this. I read everything that they say about the Convention of States. You know what they never, ever, ever talk about on this entire website? God. They never mention Christianity at all. They don't mention it. It's not part of the foundation. It's not part of what they are claiming their organization to be about. And, and go ahead, Karen. Well, I just have an observation about this. It's so I think no matter what your foundational beliefs are, your your or what your ideology ideology is or what your religion is, some people can get you can get to a place without realizing that you've gotten there sometimes where your goal to win people over to your point of view, you you lose that. You lose that as a goal. And then you and then your behaviors and the way you treat people instead of being instead of treating people and behaving in a way that's going to win people over to your point of view, you start to behave in ways that push people away. And I definitely noticed that 
being on the left, that was one of the things I started to notice about the SJW left or the mainstream left in general after Trump won was that uh, nobody seemed interested in figuring out why he won so that we could make sure he didn't win again. Everybody just, the ways in which they behaved and the ways they treated people and the ways they talked to people was like, it was like actively pushing people away. And that became very apparent to me that that's what was happening. And I couldn't understand it at first because I felt, don't you want people to come over to this point of view? And then the same thing has happened now that I've become a wrong thinker. Um, I've noticed that there are people who um, have been, I guess, critical of social justice ideology maybe their whole life or in any case longer than I have, um, who when people wake up from those beliefs and when people start, when they become awakened, when they start speaking against it, some of those people are really resentful and the way they treat people and the way they behave um, is not a way that it's not a way that encourages people to wake up. It's not, it's not in a way that encourages people to come to their point of view. And I have, I really find those people to be abhorrent because the way I view it is I don't care when somebody comes over to my way of looking at the world. I'm happy they're there. They, I have, I'm not like, oh, you came to the party late. I'm like, yeah, you came to the party. Yay. And mm-hmm. the way that you should treat people when they are waking up is with grace and with care. And, and the way you treat people in general, even if they're not waking up, should be a reflection of your beliefs. If you want people to... Um, if you think your beliefs are the be- are the best way of looking at the world, your behavior should reflect those beliefs so that they can see that in you. So you don't even have to talk about your beliefs, really. You can just illustrate them in the way you treat others. And then they're like, hey, w- what's going on with, with her or with him? Like, there's something interesting there that they're attracted to your beliefs because of the way you illustrate them and live them in the world, right? And and so, so I've seen it on the left. I've seen it in the... Um, anti-SJW world, and what I'm seeing here that you're showing me is I'm seeing it in you can you can see it in the Christian world too. There are some people who are Christians or claim a belief in Christ who do not behave in a way that reflects their beliefs that 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 do not behave in a way that reflects their beliefs in a positive light and are not open and accepting of people. That you know, I heard this quote once about how. It was about meeting people where they are. It said, um, oh gosh, who was it that said, it might have been Michael Bernard Beckwith who said this. He said, love is meeting people where they are, but treating them as if they were where you think they should be. So not treating them as as they're in the wrong place or the wrong beliefs or whatever, but treating them in the way, as if they were, were on the page you think they should be on. And this guy, or this this sort of, uh, this view of, of, Christianity that I think this guy is illustrating is it's it's not presenting an attractive face to Christianity. It's treating people in a very closed-minded way instead of in an open-minded way. And I don't think it is a good I don't think I don't think it's a good way to um, represent Christ in the world to shut down people who are agnostic um, because they're agnostic simply because they're agnostic or they have questions it's like you should be open to having those conversations if you're a christian you should be open to having conversations with agnostics and welcoming and accepting and um and you could, I, I don't know i'm kind of rambling here but it, it just 
Well, you're, shed, you're opening my eyes to something that I've, I have seen since becoming a Christian. I have seen with some people who are Christians, which is this very closed-minded kind of, well, I believe the right thing, and I don't care if anybody else joins the party. I'm, I'm here. Like, I've got my gold ticket. I don't care about you guys. Like, <laughs> you know, um, you should be w- wanting people to get their gold ticket, right? And, how, and, and to shut you out of the group. If if it is true that most of them, they all are of this belief system, if the majority of this group that you're in are all Christians, to ban someone for being agnostic doesn't make sense to me because um, you've just now, they've just cut you out of their life in this way that they're not able to share their beliefs with you by, vir- you know, by virtue of, of being uh, in a relationship with you in this group. They're no longer able to, the, the way a Christian would call it, would be witness to you with their behavior. And they weren't witnessing to you in a good way anyway. <laughs> like, no, by, so, Yeah, by their actions. Um, yeah. Carter said that yesterday. is like, look at people's actions, not their words. Um, yeah. By their actions, they're not Christian. It's not a very good way to, to promote Christ. No. <laughs> like, like I call it, it's not a real Christian. Like I, I, the one guy, I, wanted to, I didn't say it, but like, well, I actually do know what a real Christian is. I, I know I'm not a Christian, but I know what it is. That's not Christian. It's yeah. a Christian in name only. You call him like C-I-N-O, like Rhino. You don't know. Uh, <laughs> He's a Christian in name only. C-N-O. I like all the acronyms you're dropping today. <laughs> is that good? C-N-O? Sino? Sino. Yeah. Like Sorry. Rhino. Sino. All right. He's a Sino. Um, and and I, I'm very well aware of what a real Christian is. I don't want to get into it, but um, I've uh, spent a lot of time talking to Christians. I have a lot of Christians that I'm close with. Um, so I understand it. That's not how you, th- that's not what a missionary does, right? Yeah. <laughs> like he's not being a missionary for Christianity. No, he's not. Like he's doing the opposite. He's doing the opposite. And you're in it by force. See, in a way they're doing like the prayer by force. That's not a good way to do prayer. And at the very least, I think your request was, um, was a reasonable request, which is, if you want to continue to do the prayer, could you just say in Jesus' name, I pray instead of we? Because that's very reasonable. And it's it, it, reasonable. It, yeah, I don't understand why. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one happened. person I was talked talk to it that's very familiar, uh, she said that, well, well, you should just end the prayer with the men, like, especially if you're not sure what the religion of everybody is. If you want to do a prayer, you can bring up God. And, uh, and, and also, um, uh, what she said was, in Jesus' name, we pray is what you do with your children. Like, like you're praying for your children. Once you're an adult, you decide for yourself whether you want to pray to Jesus. Like, a Christian doesn't use someone else to pray for him. you got to pray yourself. You have to believe yourself. Unless, and I'm not counting like a family dinner or, or even a minister in a church. But this is a business meeting. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't even know if everybody there was Christian. I don't know. I never asked. And they never asked me what my religion was. I never even told them. And also, Christians believe, well, at least I believe, and I think the Bible shows shows this, that God can use anyone, including non-believers. And so, th- the idea that you're not useful for conventionist states and that you don't share the same goals because you don't share a belief in God is absurd to me because... Because the Bible showed in the stories in the Bible over and over again, God uses non-believers, and that yeah. I believe that. And so it's it's just weird to me that's like, well, you don't believe this, then therefore 
we don't have the same goals. Well, do we have the same goals about convention of states? Yes or no? Yes, we do. So why should it matter if you have this, if you have the belief in the, the same beliefs that they do in God, if that's not a part of the organization's mission statement? Um, if it's a part of the organization's mission statement, I'm glad you pulled up their website, Carter, then that's one thing, but it's not. So, so that, that's, I, I that's what bothers what's me most said. here. It's It's not that they're like... It's not that they're. It's not what kind of Christians they're being or whatever. Like, yeah, okay, I I agree with everything you guys have said. It's not a great missionary thing to do. They're behaving abhorrently. It's not a good way to get people onto their side. Um, if they had said so, so there's two things that I have a problem with. One is, um, they do not say that they're a Christian organization. If they say they're a Christian organization, then I'm all for them enforcing Christianity and and saying, hey. We're a Christian organization. That's fine. They say the opposite. They say right. the exact opposite. Right. They don't say that. Right? They say the opposite. And and here's the thing, the other thing that really, really bothers me. They are making the argument, and we haven't gotten to the third example yet, which is also egregious. <laughs> That'll be the most fun. Right. <laughs> but they are making the argument that you're not being fired for being an agnostic or atheist or whatever, but you're being fired for your contentiousness, which is really odd because the example that they're citing is basically you're allowed to be an agnostic, but you can't say, you can't request that we don't say in Jesus' name we pray and that counts for you. So you're allowed to claim you're an agnostic as long as you just shut the hell up and pretend to be a Christian. That's what they're saying. They're basically saying like, they can claim that they're letting you be an agnostic or an atheist, but in practice, you are not allowed to be an agnostic or atheist. Because if you say even the most reasonable thing, which is, hey, guys, uh, I'm not even asking you to not pray. Could you just please say that you're praying and not me? No, we speak for you. That's not letting you be an agnostic <laughs> or atheist. That's not what That's that is. Right. They are lying sacks of shit. And I, I, I hate them so much right now because they are lying sacks of shit. But we get into the third one. I'm uh, sorry. Carter, swear <laughs> well, jar. Well, I don't care. They are assholes, Carrie. The, they are the using the convention of states some, some in, a, are, in a dishonest way. The guy in charge upheld this, so fuck him. Okay. Okay, well, we'll get, swear get to that. But I have, ah, I have a... Oh, there's no super chat. You can't get your swear jar. Uh, I know. It's okay. A, so have, Before you move on to the next example, I just have an, another thought. I, maybe it's I, th I wonder if, if maybe part of what's happening is that because Christianity has become such a big target in the West and has become so maligned and is being pushed out of every s cultural square that I think a lot of Christians maybe in the spaces where they are still the majority, like maybe I guess this space, if it's the majority of people there, have become really defensive about more than just defensive, have become on the offensive and become aggressive about keeping this space Christian. Even, but it's not explicit. It's not supposed to be explicitly Christian, but it's sort of maybe exercising this this feeling of powerlessness that they have in society at large, exercising it in these very small spaces and exercising that power. I wonder if that's part of what's behind this. But that's the, probably the a valid would psychological. Be to be honest. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. But they're not being honest, right? Right, you, that's what's saying. You need to be honest. And there, I, I want to make another point, too, because the Convention of States is divided up into 50 different organizations, and almost everybody is involved in one of the states. So unlike for Florida. So a lot of what I'm talking about is the Florida organization. 
Like it was fired by the Florida organization, but it was condoned above. National, there's only a couple people. There's very few people that work. I've probably met three quarters of them. There's not that many people that are full-time employees that work for the national. It's a very grassroots distributed thing. So Carter went through the website, but that's a national website. So Florida, I, the way I see it, Florida is is pretty close to openly a Christian organization. The previous state director, um, right before she left, I had a discussion with her, and she said it's Christian. But then other people said it's not. So one of the problems with the volunteer thing, like, and, and these are people who want to limit government. So pretty much everybody involved is not good with authority. <laughs> Most people, <laughs> like that's what this whole thing's about is the question of authority. But when it comes down to it, the way I look at it, um, this is an organization founded to question authority, government authority, but you can't actually question authority as a member of the group. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, yeah, you it's can only question government authority. So. Yeah. Yeah, like like you ask the question, the standard Christian line, what would Jesus do? Like Jesus was totally upfront about what he was doing. Like Jesus didn't pull the wool over anybody's eyes, right? He right. would not have think... banned you from the group, I don't think. No, he would have tried to pull me <laughs> into his group, right? Yes, I don't think he would have been like, you're out, Keith. So that's kind of look at <laughs> you're too contentious. To too contentious. <laughs> The, the, uh, Jesus was contentious to to the Jews, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, Jesus was a content. He was contending a point using his arguments. That's what contending, right? Contentious is the emotional response in somebody that doesn't like the argument. I wrote it down, or I have it. So Webster says contentious is likely to cause disagreement or argument. Two, exhibiting an often perverse and wearisome tendency to quarrels and disputes. And content, contention is just a point maintained in debate or argument. So I contended a point three times over two years, <laughs> and that's you know, which is a tiny percentage of what I did. And that is considered by convention states leadership to be often perverse and wearisome tendency to quarrels and disputes. That's what so the word means. The word choice is telling. I have an observation as a friend of yours online. I will agree with Carter earlier that um, you are argumentative, and but not in a malicious way or in an underhanded way. You don't engage in bad faith, or at least I haven't witnessed you engaging in bad faith. Um, I think there's, I think some some of the emotional problem that these people are having, and like you said, they they came at you with emotion. Um, is that, and I've, I've seen this happen on my wall before when you've been engaged with people, you are an engineer and you I'm are, not, and I'm sorry, but you're not supposed to disclose that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Really? <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. Oh, I thought we'd disclose it. Okay. Oh, well, so we already you... disclosed that earlier. Yeah, yeah, we did. Carter knows because I used to sit next to him in a little cubicle. <laughs> yes. And, and by the way, <laughs> I will say this, even in that job, there was a general understanding that Keith was going to question why things were being done the way they were done and yes. was valued for that because he would maybe make improvements to things and not just sit there like with blinders on doing things the way they had been done before. So, which you're is probably like why the, you were there for red, so long and valued. But, yeah. I think you're that's like how a red I got team to... member. You know, red team members, you're like the like the the mm -hmm. computer companies that 
hire hackers to hack their system to see where their weaknesses are. That's like you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you propose all the arguments to find yeah. where the weaknesses are. But so you're an engineer and you have an analytical mind and a very rational way of discussing. And I've witnessed you in conversations with people who are more emotional minded. And sometimes I've watched them in real time take offense to you. And, and I understand it's like speaking two languages. Sometimes I don't, I usually don't jump in, but sometimes I'll jump in because I feel like, oh, I need to translate Keith to them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I've seen you do that. Yeah. And when I see you start, I just back away and like, oh, okay, I think Carrie better take this one over. (laughs) Like what I'm doing isn't working. Yeah, because you're like, (laughs) like the elephant and the writer, the Jonathan Haidt stuff that we talk about a lot. You, your writer operates more often than your rational mind is operating a lot more than your elephant, your emotional mind. Although, like everyone, I'm sure your emotional mind leads a lot of your opinions. And but you, you seem to operate more in the rational space. And when you're talking with someone who operates more in the emotional space, they're assuming you're like them, and they they can read they can read stuff into what what you're saying that you're not saying. They can read emotion and intent, especially online or in email exchanges like this. Emotionally minded people can mis- they can mis- mistake tone. I'm saying this as an emotionally minded person. Last night I was texting with Carter like I was going to say <laughs> you should bring up our conversation last night because <laughs> Carrie will Carrie that. will literally like she'll bombard me with something like it'll be out of the blue and it'll be like I want to do blah 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 and like I'll be in a place where I can't talk about it at the moment or something's going on and I'll be like I don't I don't but we should talk about it later but it, like. When things go sour, it's fine if we actually, if she's like, okay, and we talk about it later, then then we're fine. But sometimes they we could keep going with the texts, and it's like, uh oh, this is not going to go well. Like, tone's going to be taken the wrong way. She's going to get really mad at me. Like, I I just have to really like not text Carrie when there's a disagreement. We I really have to yeah. like please Carrie, can we have to have wait. a conversation? Uh, just wait. Well, but the interesting about Carrie, <laughs> just to close it out, like. Carrie is one of the people that can speak both languages. Not that many people can translate between the two. Like, they tend to be one <laughs> or the true. other. And Carrie, it's like you read something and it's kind of one way, then she pulls somebody in. Like, she understands the other language and <laughs> can translate. So, like, I've learned how to translate all kinds of stuff. She I, speaks, a lot of, she speaks elephant. She speaks elephant, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I look at what Carrie says and I it's very useful. Some of some of what I wrote in there, you may kind of recognize some things like some of those ideas I got from you guys, but, but it's from Carrie, like, okay, I can analyze what he's saying and say, oh, you're just using ad hominem because you have no argument. Right. Like, like I'm not even upset. <laughs> I just like analyze that because I've listened to you and seen you online translating for me. <laughs> well, they will, they will hear you. I've seen them hear. It's like they're reading they're reading emotion into what you're saying when you don't have any, or they're reading insult and into what you're saying when you don't really intend, or you're saying it kind of in a removed way of, like you said, like a very rational, critical standing back and observing and saying, well, you're ignorant about X, Y, Z and not saying it as in like, you're an ignorant, you know, you're not saying it in this emotionally insulting way, but they read it that way because of projection. People think everyone operates like them. And so, yeah, it's kind of that's an interesting thing that I think is probably happening here in your interactions with them is that you're more in that rational space and people who are in the emotional space tend to think there's emotion in what you're saying. Yeah, like like the the response to me saying, I don't consider it appropriate to use Convention of States resources to evangelize Christ. And it comes back, you should just join Occupy Wall Street, you Satanist. Like, what? 
<laughs> like, how do you get to that? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, it, it's like just getting smacked in the face, right? Yeah. Well, so <laughs> two maybe plus two equals five. <laughs> may, maybe now is a good time, Keith, to talk about. So, uh oh, the third. Oh, one, I think yes. we should talk about. I think we should talk about the third issue because the third issue, um, also really angry. Um, this whole thing angers me. I'll be like, I'm, I'm more, uh, I get yeah. more. I wear my emotions on my sleeve more than you do. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I can get angry, and I think these people are vile liars. Uh, and 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 I don't care. I don't care what the reasons are. Like I don't care that they're, it, you know, I, I get the excuse that they're emotional thinkers and whatever. But like that's that doesn't excuse the organization as far mm -hmm. as I'm concerned. Right. And at the end of the day, the guy in charge uh, should do better. And the Convention of States project now, in my estimation, is a sham. Um, and so let's let's take a look at. Uh, I, I want to show something. Well, how should we do this? I guess maybe first you should explain the project the that you were doing. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, explain the project. And then I, I have the script I'll pull up, but explain the project. Do you have the... Oh, you have it? The I do. The red version? Or? Yeah, I have the okay, red version so right I, here. <laughs> all right, so I um, was asked to do something for July 4th last year uh as a like a release we're going to try to release it nationally but definitely in florida so we came up with the idea of um i i came up, a bunch of different ideas were bounced around the one i suggested was let's do the declaration of independence for july 4th um and the problem with the declaration of independence it takes like 12 minutes or so to read that and you know on july 4th most people are they have to run out for beer and get ready for the fireworks like they don't have 12 minutes to understand what the holiday is about you know, the American attention span. So from my work, mostly with Convention of States, doing YouTube and stuff uh, and, and writing, like there's a reason 150 word per, is the limit for a letter to the editor. You know, there's a reason music videos are three minutes. Like that's the attention span of the typical American. Yep. They're, they're worried about. It. So anyway, for uh, July 4th, he said, let's I want to do an abridged version of the Declaration of Independence so that people can get the whole thing in three minutes. And I picked three minutes as a limit. Uh, and it took me a long time. So I went through the Declaration of Independence and I created an abridged version. I didn't change any words, but I just took words out. Um, so I said, like, what is the fundamental thing here? And what are some of the, you know, the grievances? There's this long list, I think it's 27. Yeah, 27 grievances. I'm just gonna pick out, you know, half a dozen of the good ones. The, the ones that, some of them uh, actually smell like they're happening today too, but right. so those are the ones I picked out, um, and I sent this around several versions. We discussed it in state meetings. We decided to do this instead of several other proposals. Um, the state director and the Florida communications director put it out on Slack. We're going to do a group reading uh, in the yearly state strategy meeting, which is the one time everybody gets together. We all go to Orlando, stay in a hotel, have dinner. It's like a you know we get some personal interaction once a year so um i'm uh, as you brought up i'm a musician so i got all kind of recording equipment so i brought um uh, tripods and mic stands and recorders and all kinds of stuff and we set up a conference room and uh we people volunteered so they had this was done in advance like a month or two before uh people picked a line so there's so about can, 16 can, let me, lines let me show you that for a sec Pop let, it up. Let, me, let me show you let me let me put that up on the screen so First of all, this was circulated beforehand to everyone. So everyone saw it. There's a line one through 18. There's 18 different. Is that right? 18 different parts. Yeah, 18 lines. Yep. And, and, and people could and, sign up to read one, right? 
and everybody picked yeah people picked one people jumped on it in like a day or two everybody you know but we had more people that that wanted to read a line um and people got to pick the line they wanted and you can see what the abridged and, lines going to be or the abridged things going to be you just read these 18 lines that's the this is the script for the video this is the script for the video and you can see i put dot dots dot 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 is every place where i skip stuff that's right. what the bridge is. And I didn't change anything. I think there might be one place in there where I have a parenthesis just to make the grammar correct. Uh, yeah, this on um, uh, number seven. Yep. Yeah, I changed that tense, obstructed. Yep. Um, it, it, it's, yeah, I think to make it easier to say, they might use the wrong, because our grammar and our spelling and punctuation is, you know, capitalization is a little different. The capitalization that's in here is what's in the declaration. So anyway, I made this. Um, everybody's like, yeah, this is cool. Uh, it went perfectly well. I, uh, I went up there, I set up in the conference room, um, over the course of this day long meeting where we're having like big groups and breakout sessions. I went around and just found the 18, 16 people or whatever, um, brought them into the room and they read the line and I filmed that whole thing video too, because we weren't sure if we we're going to use video or slides or what we're going to do. Um, I left that open for me later and I was going to produce it and put it on my Liberty Solutions show. So Anyway, um, we recorded it. Everybody thought it was a really cool idea. Um, I made the video uh, with slides and everything, spent a lot of time on it. Um, and we had this like pre-planned release on July 2nd, going to make like a big splash and promote it and release it on Twitter and Facebook and like every outlet and like make a big deal out of this. Um, national people had it. They looked through it like they were going to put out national. So anyway, a couple days before the 4th, this uh, re his title is regional captain, which is like a chunky a chunk of a state, like above a district. It's mm -hmm. like a second level leadership. He comes back and says, uh, "This this godless work." Does he realize that one of the lines that I skipped? You pop it back I, up. I, you want me to put it up? Dot dots there. Yeah, pop it up. Yeah. So and I can uh, play the video. I have the video here too. If you can just play it, it's only three minutes long. Do you um, think your audience would? Be interested in the Declaration of Independence in three minutes? Yeah, let's let's do that. Yeah. Uh, let's do that also, but let's also put up the let's let me put okay. up this first. So okay. the red parts are the parts that were spoken, and everything that wasn't read was just skipped over because obviously you're trying to, you know, the thing's twelve minutes long. This. I cut it down to three. Yeah, and it was hard to do. There's a lot of you know the founders were pretty succinct in what they what they write. It's hard to take something they wrote and cut it down. I so mean, let's talk about the part where they're the guy's angry though. So it's 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 this part here. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to read it and and say what's what he was angry about? Yeah. So it's we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal with certain unalienable rights. That's what I did in the video. The part that I skipped is they are endowed by their creator. Right. Okay. I skipped that and. So instead okay. of we so hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the creator with certain unalienable rights, you just said, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal with certain unalienable rights. And you left yeah. the question of how those men are created out of the video. So to me, you know, people have, you know, humans have inherent natural rights. That's part of being human. Um, you're born with them. Everyone has the rights. Uh, governments can't take them away. Governments don't give rights. Uh, they government can infringe on rights, and this is the founders' view of rights. Like 
rights predate the Constitution. Um, when somebody says constitutional rights in certain contexts, I'll object. I say, no, there's no such thing as a constitutional right. The question I ask in class, like I guess teach students in high school, I, I say, how many rights are there? Does the government give us in the Bill of Rights? Right. Zero. Right. Zero. Right. So, as far as where the rights come, the point is that they're fundamental. They're natural rights. They're fundamental. They're inherent. They don't come from government. Now, if people would like to put the concept of a god between natural rights and the document or, or how they see rights, I don't care. I actually don't even mind. That's fine. I would rather live in a Christian nation than one that worships the state as their god and says that you know rights come from the state. Like That's way worse. So I'm fine with Christian view, but everything I write, I just leave that up. I kind of word it natural rights. And if people want to interpret national rights as coming from a religious source, a god or a gods or, or a theist or whatever, they can. And if they just say it's inherent in a person, they can go that way too. So everything I write uh, and talk about, um, I just leave that to the – that's for the reader to decide. Right? So that's all I did here. Yeah, and I would say even apart from that, like you're just trying to edit for uh, essential parts of this. Like you're trying to make this short, and you're editing for essential features. And the fact that it it does say endowed by their creator, no one's arguing that it doesn't say that. Um, but uh, I think it's a reasonable position that like oh. That's not the the essence isn't who endowed them. It's that they're pre-endowed prior to the government and they're created with the rights and they they're pre-existing. And that's that's the point here. And it doesn't actually even matter if you disagree or agree with that. What matters to me is everyone knew this was what was being produced prior to their involvement of and endorsement of this project. So tell us what happened yeah. when this and, guy and said it, it was a godless work. Okay. And that, that is why I pointed out the dot, dot, dots are there. Like, I showed where I skipped something. And this is a group whose whole, like, everybody in this group knows the Constitution pretty well and the Declaration. Like, I just assume that they know and they could look. Anyway, so what happened is, um, uh, I don't know if I want to pop the messages up, but yeah, this guy, Ed, Ed Bender, he, he said that um, uh, he, he realized it, so, like, this is after I already produced it and it was already public mode on youtube uh, he comes back and says uh we got to remove this godless work you know i object to this you tricked me uh, he by like, the way he was one of the people that read he read he, one of the lines he read one of the lines right so he said you don't have permission to use my voice so i came back and said well this was like a month or two ago um i already made the video like it's already going to national it's public mode on <laughs> On my Liberty Solutions YouTube, it's it's had like 300 views. Um, or, you know, what do you what do you what are you asking here? This is too late. Like I already had your permission, and he he came back. You tricked me. This godless work. You know, without you know, people were him and, and other people piled on. The uh, CJWs came out in full force. You know, people were posting on Slack. You should be admonished. Some people thought it, this was terrible. They should delete the video. Um, you know, I can't believe that you tricked people this way, blah, 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 blah. That's what he said. That's what a bunch of other people said. I got piled on, just like an SJW. And, and by on. the way, to be clear, he also said that you removed the most, I don't repeat exactly his phrasing, but 
The most important part of the entire document was the part that you removed, endowed by their creator. Endowed by the creator. Yeah, which like which leads me those... to believe, if that's the most important part, why did he not notice it was missing when he read the, the script? Like, if he's so enamored with that part of the Declaration of Independence, why did it miss his uh, notice when he read through the script that it wasn't there? Right? It was only afterwards. Yeah. Um, it was only way, way, way after. And, and I happen to know him a little bit. Like, I know he's quite familiar with the Declaration of Independence. Like, it's not like this was the first time he ever read it. Okay. <laughs> he's working for Convention of States, and he's in a second-level management, you know, leadership position. So, yeah, his point, as Carter just said, that was that without that line, the whole document was meaningless. Like the Declaration of Independence, without the endowed by their creator, means nothing. That's what people were saying. I was like, no, you can take that line out, and it still means the whole same thing. Right. That was my view. Right. I. Understand this point of view that it, first of all, I I totally understand this point of view that to it it seems like again like what I was saying earlier, especially if you are a Christian who is witnessing Christianity being removed from all public spaces and from our government and and from from mention I guess from mention in our government from mention in in different places that you would you would see this and instead of Here's what he did wrong, though. Instead of seeing that you took that line out um, and and assuming good faith that you just, from your point of view, you were just you were taking lots of lines out. You were trying to condense it. He assumed bad faith. He assumed you specifically took that line out on purpose, and that's where that's where he went wrong. Is assuming bad faith, like and like you pointed out, yeah, he should have caught it the first time instead of waiting till after he'd already produced the video. But I think the bigger problem here is that assumption of bad faith on your part. Whereas I can look at you and say, Keith took out, the, from his point of view, the best lines that you could edit out to still maintain the meaning. And he didn't do it because he purposely was like, I'm going to erase God from the creator, from the from the Bill of Rights. Ha ha ha. You know, or the Declaration of Independence. Declaration. He wasn't, it wasn't malicious mm -hmm. to take it out of the Declaration of Independence. You were condensing it and you were taking lots of lines out. But from his point of view, it... He's looking at it as oh, it must necessarily be with bad intent. That's like you, that's you think he looks wrong. at it as like a foot in the door, like this is happening yeah, all over. The, I think he does. Religion is being taken out. Yeah, but I think the, he's the point, viewing you as an enemy, but you're not an enemy. I don't. I, and, honestly, and I honestly the, the dishonesty is what bothers me again here. It's like I, I like I don't care if he I don't care if he thinks that Keith was malicious. Maybe he does. Think Keith was malicious. Maybe Keith was malicious. I we both know he wasn't, but whatever. Maybe Keith was malicious. You can't retroactively accuse Keith of being a liar and deceitful and tricking you into doing something and then revoke your agreement. You agreed. If you agreed to that work, you failed. You failed. You failed to do due diligence on the work. Go kick yourself. Don't pile on the guy who presented you with the script that you didn't bother to read closely enough beforehand and then threatened to sue him, which is the other thing that happened here. Keith oh, was threatened wow. with a lawsuit yeah. over this crap. And yeah, by the so way, that's, Convention that's of States I cited this as a problem with Keith. As being argumentative and contentious. So yeah, where this went was I, um, I objected because I had spent a lot of time on the video. It was already out. Um, I looked at like, first off, I was not going to insert that line and I didn't even push that. I 
even though I actually did think that, I don't want to insert that line. I want people to decide that for themselves. But that didn't even matter, and I never even said that. I just said, I'm not going to redo this. This is a lot of work. It's like a whole slideshow. Like, I spent a ton of time on this. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, well, I'm not going to change this. <laughs> and uh, so then he threatened to sue me for um, tricking him for a wow. godless work. And I said, well, you can't sue me for a godless work. And he said, well, I can sue you for tricking you. And he refused to contact me by phone. He refused to email. Like, the whole thing happened on Slack, public. Like, he wouldn't even call me, even though he had my number. He wanted to have to a public him, conversation, answer. right? He, yeah, he only wanted public conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So I started thinking, well, <laughs> I don't really That's know. That's also a good way for him to maintain his illusion of bad faith on your part. Because talking to you on the phone would necessarily oh, humanize you more. He's trying to do it cold because he's doing it in Slack message. Yeah. Where there's so, other people piling in, right? And it's easier for him to view you in bad faith. And, you know, it's harder when you're face to face with someone or on the phone with someone and you hear them. It's harder to assume bad faith. It's, it's easier to, um, when you're online, you're just online. It's just words on a screen. It's easier to imagine them as some evil boogeyman. Mm -hmm. It's than it is when you are voice to voice or face to face. So and and like no one defended me. So several people attacked me, backed him up. No one defended me online. So I ended up thinking, well, a, as it happened, I ended up contacting an attorney who like knew a little bit about him. Uh, and he came back and said, this guy's uh, litigious. Is that how you pronounce that? Litigious. Litig litigious. Litigious. Um, uh, there's no way that he can win this in court. Like I had a picture of him holding his copy of the whole thing reading <laughs> like like and I sent that to the guy. I was like, well, no, he can't win in court, but he could cost you a lot of money. Like how much work are you talking? I said, I don't know, maybe a day or two or something. And the, the attorney just said, don't take a chance. Just redo it. So I'm like, ah, shit. So um, but so I already had the slideshow. You know, I did it in a movie thing. Uh, so I went in. And it took me a while, but I practiced and practiced and practiced his cadence <laughs> over and over and over with him until I had his whole cadence. And unfortunately, he read a really long line. So it took me a while to get it down. Um, so I went back in there and I re-recorded uh, using a music app um, <laughs> my saying his words. And I just changed the audio file and then realigned it with the slideshow. So you added the line back in and you went to all that. No, no, I didn't. No, oh. I didn't. Have, no, adding a line the in guy would, out. would screw the whole movie up. I just uh, replaced my voice with his voice. So I ended up reading two lines in it. And I made a new version. And I had to contact several national level people, some of whom didn't even know who I was, uh, and just say, this is a new version. We need to not distribute the one that I already sent you. And like, you know, one person came back, why? And I said, I don't want to get into it. But yeah, you know. You know, this is this we have to you can't use the other one. Uh, but the other one was out. It had uh, I looked actually and I never took it down. I just changed it to um, uh, what's it called unlisted mode. So it's still there. You can't see it on my channel, but I didn't know where it got distributed. And and it's I looked the other day. It's got, you know, 400 views or something. That one like that still is out there and I don't know who has it. But the other one. Um, so I put a new one out. That's the one they distributed nationally that has my voice, but same slideshow. So that one's had like 700 views on my channel, and it had like a week or two after July 4th last year, it had 5,000 views on the national channel. So it was like, 
this turned out to be the most successful content I ever did for convention estates. <laughs> um, but yeah, they some people wanted to fire me for the godless work. Uh, where this went, uh, as far as the organization goes, I ended up doing that red version that Carter showed that shows the original text for somebody that's above the level of state director. Um, he's the, they call it a past states director. So he's in charge of all the past states. Uh, he reviewed that and talked to me for about an hour, um, talked to Ed Bender. So he wasn't super happy. He didn't like that I did it, but he saw what I did and said basically what Carter said, like, no, he just cut this down. So that's where that ended up. So no, no I, they didn't try well, to but, get me. But they didn't but it's drop the it, right? And, no, because no, they didn't drop it. It was used against they, you a couple of years later was, as, a, as an example of you being contentious and yet unrelated to Christianity. Yes, supposedly. that this is nothing to do with religion. <laughs> right. so, so here's the video that you can watch. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal with certain unalienable rights. To secure these rights, governments are instituted deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Whenever any government becomes destructive, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. It is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government. The history of the present king is a history of repeated injuries. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of importance. He has obstructed the laws for the naturalization of foreigners. He has obstructed the administration of justice. He has made judges dependent on his will alone. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us, in times of peace, standing armies. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. For cutting off our trade with all parts of the world. For imposing taxes on us without our consent. For depriving us of the benefit of trial by jury. We, the representatives of the United States of America, do, by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are free and independent states. And that they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other things which independent states do. And for the support of this declaration, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. So yeah, that's the video. So I was proud of it. Um, a lot of people in the Convention of States organization thought it was great. So th this is not one homogeneous view. Like you know, there's 
I don't know how many people, 100,000 people involved in this. Like a lot of people said, oh, that's great. That's really cool. Um, but there were a bunch of people that thought it was terrible, should not have been released, uh, gave me a hard time. The godless work, you know, this is a godless work. Uh, I'm the editor of the Florida Facebook page, or I was for Convention of States. And this guy, Ed Bender, he went on the Facebook page where that was posted and wrote this rant like on a public page about, about, <laughs> about the godless work. And I tried to stop this. And like, he like kind of virtue signaled to, I guess all the, the, the Cenos, <laughs> the CJWs to, to like say, you know, I tried to stop this terrible, terrible thing, blah, blah, blah. And I like read that and you know, you don't be carry. I started typing a reply and I would like, we were just long reply. And I was like, hell with this. I'm the editor. I just deleted his comment. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to get in an argument on public Facebook about this. I just yeah. deleted his comment. Uh, I don't know how many people saw it before I deleted it. But anyway, that's where that went. So that kind of calmed down. The video I still use, like I I used it, at, you know, a few months ago, I guess, taught in a high school, local high school, all the eighth grade classes. I played the video for them, told them what the declaration about. They, all the kids were like, oh, yeah, because these are kids that probably wouldn't read the whole thing all the way through. But they'll sit and watch a video. Sure. With pictures, especially if cool it's only two minutes. And, yeah, yeah, three minutes. Like so, it's it's or been a useful minutes. thing. I still use it. Um, yeah. So that was the third one. So, so then, <clears throat> so I so I hear these are the three things, three issues that were cited. So, I'm like, well, I analyze this. It's it's a it can't be a coincidence that all three times where I was argumentative and contentious were religion and there's no other issue picked. So, well, and let's, let's just be, let's, can we just review for Bill? Cause it's been, it was back at the beginning of the show. The first thing was the, the guy posted a, an overly, like, I would say preachy article and asked for feedback. And you said, Hey, I don't think it's appropriate for convention of States resources. Like that was the feedback. And you got into a little tiff with the guy, yes. he called you bad <clears throat> names. You said he was okay. ignorant about natural rights. Okay, That was one. That was, that was the final one. straw. Number two, <laughs> uh, which they then cited later, was um, during a official business meeting of the Convention meeting. of States, you Which is recorded, <laughs> recorded and posted, by the way. <laughs> Fair. You requested, <laughs> you requested that they were opening it with a prayer, which is a problem to start with, but... Uh, you simply said, hey, can you not close the prayer with, in Jesus' name we pray, but in Jesus' name I pray, because you don't speak for me, and that was cited as contentious, and they do speak for you, and how dare you argue. And the last one was the one we just talked about. You made this video, uh, and ex post facto, people were mad that they were involved in the video because they didn't do their homework beforehand, and I don't know how you were contentious with that, because you actually ended up making the change and pushing the video out. So I don't even know where the contention is there, but... So those those are the three things that they say nothing to do with religion, all to do with your contention, which is just an, a bold faced lie. Thanks for the summary. Yes, that's what I saw, and I analyzed it, and I ran the numbers. Um, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I got it right. Uh, okay, Engineer. Car yeah. well, Carter, Carter's seen it, so oh yeah, I saw I'm just going to read it. You saw it. So I said. Uh, and, and I came back, I went to the president, Mark Meckler, because nobody would talk to me, right? The the level above um, the state director, like state director don't want to talk to me. This guy, Jason, wouldn't even reply to me. Um, 
nobody nobody in the leadership would talk to me except for there's a bunch of people and I don't want to name any names that thought this is terrible <laughs> and some of them are in leadership positions so like the 98% claim is, is false. bullshit right it's false yeah correct thanks it's false i need i need a uh, swear jar <laughs> um the uh so, so here's my numbers. And I said, nearly all my interactions involving convention estates did not involve religion. All three exchanges cited for removing me were about religion. No exchanges unrelated to religion were cited. My interactions with CSA people on the topic of religion are a tiny percentage of the total. Using a probably too high wild-ass guess of 0.1%, the probability of these three being randomly selected is 0.001 times 0.001 times 0.001 equals, I won't read all the zeros, but it's one in a billion. <laughs> so there's a one in a billion chance that they randomly selected these three conversations. That's just a fact. That's probability. Carter knows. Carter has an EE degree. He probably took probability. <laughs> I don't know if you had to take probability as <laughs> in your major. Probably. Oh, I took, I did a lot of probability actually with, uh, with oh, crypto. No, I know you, you had did. to do a lot of. You did crypto. Yeah, cryptanalysis. There's a lot of there's a hell of a lot of probability in cryptanalysis. Uh, I really like probability. And then when I sat next to Carter, we were working on an encryption product, and I learned some more about probability. I always thought it was pretty cool. Anyway, I still, it is still a few neurons still firing in there about this stuff. Um, so yeah, I know how to calculate this. It's one in a billion. I sent it to Carter. He's like, "Yep, yeah, I calculated it right." <laughs> um, so it's it's rational. I said it's rational to conclude the fundamental reason I was fired is religion based. One in a billion is one in a billion. So the possibility religion is not the fundamental reason I was fired has about a one in a billion chance of being true. So I call bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You're talking and, about one in a billion. Yeah. And, and it's it's um the thing that's frustrating for me is I mean, I've already ranted about them being liars. Uh I and by the way, to the Christian friends that I have who are part of our community, including Carrie. Uh, this is a, this looks really bad for Christians. This is not Christian behavior. This is not appropriate. It's not honest. It doesn't make you look good. It makes you look like assholes. And there are people in the world who would love to get smaller government, support something like a convention of states project, retake this country, who support individual rights, who disagree with you about uh, particulars of religion. Some of them are more spiritual and less you know, Christians, some of them are agnostic, some of them are atheist. It doesn't make them Marxist. It doesn't make them collectivist. They, like Keith and I, they would rather live in an individualist-based Christian society than a government-worshipping Marxist society. They are on your side. They are allies. And for you to be dishonest, if you want to make the Convention of States a, uh, you want to make it a Christian organization, I'll support your right to do that. Go ahead. Make a Christian organization. You have every right to do that. I'll disagree with um, maybe the the fundamentals of of what you're doing, but but the maybe the conclusions I'll I'll agree with. But Keith probably wouldn't volunteer his time and join if that was your organization. That's fine. You're totally allowed to do that. We support your right to do that. But how dare you lie to everyone about what the purpose of your organization is and then turn it into a Christians only. Uh, witch hunt for people who are mildly content i mean honestly i would have asked for the prayer to end and i would have been adamant about it i wouldn't have said could you please end with in jesus name i pray i would have said stop fucking praying at an organization that has nothing to do with christianity that you don't do that 
You don't do that. Uh, and if you want to be a Christian organization, but Keith didn't even go that far. And uh, the fact that they won't engage mm -hmm. is evidence of their dishonesty. Honest people engage and are willing to have the conversation. They're not willing to have the conversation because they're dishonest. They have no argument. They know that they're lying evaders. And I, the whole project now makes me sick. I don't think anyone should support it ever. Yeah. The, the, this particular organization. But that's yeah. not to you, not support the idea of a convention. Support. Yeah. The idea of a convention you still support. And I still actually will still support this. I still have tons of content out there um, with my, my link, actually, like writing and podcasts and stuff. Uh, people are probably still signing the petition, and they I don't know if they're logging my name anymore. I don't know. <laughs> right. It's kind of funny. Like, I don't know how many hits. Like, you're going to put some links up, and people... You know, if you put a link to my article, if you click on the Convention of States in that article, it logs that as coming from me. When you go to the website and sign the petition, they're going to know if they're still tracking it. Right. I think it's kind of funny that they fire me. And like I was twice, I twice had the second highest in the country in petition signatures, and I, I probably get a lot more. I didn't take You're any content. Clearly, down. very effective. Yeah. Keith, so, I was going to ask you if people want to support the Convention of States. Where would you send them? Um, to one of my articles. Carter can post an article. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll put and all it, and it tells them them. notes. Okay. Yeah. Or I can I can show you one. Just show you how that works. And it tells you how to get involved in your state. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's yeah. You can when you go into the website, you can click volunteer. Um, you can um, uh, you can pick a role. There's lots of different roles you can join. I, I don't really feel like promoting it anymore. <laughs> But, um, yeah, you can. Uh, I'll just pop up one article. Am I sharing, Carter? Okay, so here, like, here's just an example of an article I wrote. This one, this is a fun one. This is a, I'll, I'll tell the story. It'll take about a minute. So 50% is the new zero. The, the county, one of the county schools, a school teacher was fired because she refused to give kids 50% uh, grade on homework they didn't turn in or tests that had no answers filled out. <laughs> Seems reasonable to me. Wow. <laughs> but no. <laughs> I just had, Tony. by the way, I was just uh, home briefly the past few days in where I'm from in South Carolina. And mm -hmm. I talked to a teacher there who was telling me, what, but actually the teacher teaches in Maryland, but had come down. We had all were there for a funeral. Um, and he was telling me, I, 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 maybe I read your article before, but I'd forgotten. But he was telling me this very thing, which is that. They are now being required to give all students a 60 percent. That's that's the lowest they can give. And he was like, so it there are a lot of teachers who just feel like there's no motivation to actually. He's like, if a student turns in a piece of paper and it's crap, like turns in an assignment and it's crap. I don't really feel a motivation as much of a motivation to go through it and offer them constructive feedback. And because I have to give them why should I even read the whole paper? Because I have to give them a sixty percent, no matter how bad it is. Yeah, yeah, you know? it, it it takes when and and all they're doing is changing the scale. So again, not to be geeky again, but I'm going to be. Um, when everyone figures out what fifty percent now means, like fifty percent is the new zero. That's why I called it that. Fifty percent is the new zero. So when yeah. everybody figures out that fifty percent is the new zero, everybody will know that a fifty is zero. And so then what do you do? You change it to 75% after everybody figures it out? Like, it, it's just a predecessor to just getting rid of grades altogether. Yeah, it it's is. Just a, well, it's a step to eliminating grades because grades offend people. 
It's like what what is really offending is meritocracy, like like rewarding people for merit. Yeah, that's what offends them. That's yeah. ridiculous. Anyway, well, this is a little bit of a thread, Jack. But <laughs> yeah, no, so no, I, I write. I, you're right. My articles, the stuff I write, like I find, and that's why my podcast is. Um, I find some current event and I write about that about, you know, what's wrong with this? Like from a philosophical point of view, why is this wrong? Um, why is the government doing this? Uh, I checked into my county school system. Martin County is where I lived in, where I live in. Um, the, the Florida grading system gives the Martin County school a B. Um, U.S. News and Report, U- U.S. News and World Report analyzes schools. Like they give Martin County one half in reading, one third math, one third college readiness rate. Like one third of math, one half in reading. So only half the students graduating are ready Have for a, college. That's amazing. And one third in math, that's a B. Wow. Like, I think they're doing the same thing. <laughs> like Florida State is doing the same thing. Like a, is a B? Like what's poor? B is good. Like one <laughs> only third half of your yeah, half only half reading. of your students are proficient in reading, and only a third are proficient in math. That's a B <laughs> for the county. So the county gets a B. Uh, by the way, this county, I volunteered to teach the Constitution because I, I have a whole class that I put together. It's a one-hour overview. Um, and I ended up having to – they came back and said, well, we need a resume. I sent them a resume. I sent them my presentation. And they eventually came back and said they met with the Martin County Bar Association, and they determined I was not qualified to teach a one-hour overview of the Constitution at the high school level. <laughs> you have to have a law degree. <laughs> so you have to have a law degree. Which, by so the way, said, I- as we all know, <laughs> is the, the whole point of uh, something that the founding fathers actually felt um, strongly about was that anyone should be able to un- read and interpret the, the laws. Uh, that, was, that was something that is, they're intentionally not written for lawyers. Uh, they're written for regular old farmers <laughs> to be able to read. Um, it, it's not that hard to explain it to, a, to an eighth grader. No. Um, th- there's some words you have to they did use some different words that are not common today and they use run on sentences and funky capitalization but it's not that hard to explain right and you can read it in like an hour you can read the whole thing like they defined the entire central government in an hour and <laughs> something you can read in an hour like now the 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 constitution's now like three thousand pages that's at convention of states events they sometimes bring around the uh the 3,000-page version of the Constitution that is actually what the government uses. It's all the Supreme Court opinion. That's what they use. Oh, they don't on. use the Constitution. Uh, it, they don't even use the original Constitution. And the Supreme Court doesn't either, very often. Really? They use prior opinion. No, they use precedent. Like Precedent. You hear when Kavanaugh was uh, getting confirmed, he talked about precedent. Like Precedent is more important than what the founders said. Like, <laughs> like the Supreme Court... One of my episodes of my podcast is called Kings and Queens. It's about the Supreme Court. They think but they rule. Anyway, you're I'm, saying I'm you're saying pres- you're saying in practice, precedent is more important than what the founders said. Not yes. that you believe it should be more important. No, no, I'm saying that's the way D.C. in general Works. operates, with yeah. a few exceptions. There's a few senators, congressmen that that don't do that, um, and there's a couple people in the Supreme Court that usually don't. Clarence Thomas is pretty good. I think he's probably the best one. Um, he'll go back to the founder's position. But most of the people in the Supreme Court, you know, like Kavanaugh, um, he'll, he'll just say, well, no, the Supreme Court said, uh, you know, you can't grow wheat on your own property if you own cows. That's interstate commerce. 
therefore we can regulate it. Um, black, you know, you can put Asians in jail for four years because they're Asian. Like that's in, that still exists. Like that's still legal by the Supreme Court. In World War II, they interned Japanese people, right? Lots and lots of them. That's like, that's legal technically. You could use Supreme Court precedent to go around and round up every Japanese heritage person that's a U.S. citizen and put them in jail for four years with no trial. Like the because, Supreme Court says that's fine. Because of precedent, not because of the Constitution. Because of precedent, yeah. And and they, if you end up in federal court all the way to the Supreme Court, like that one I would think would get overturned today. <laughs> It'd be hard I would to hope. <laughs> cite precedent. But the Supreme Court absolutely hates to overturn Supreme Court decisions. I like a line that uh, Michael Bolden, he does the Tenth Amendment Center. He he says the the Constitution means what the Supreme Court says it means. <laughs> There's more to it until they change their mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, um, anyway, Keith, this is a thread, Jack. <laughs> no, that's actually it's. Um, or maybe it's interesting. It, well, it it reminds me of something else I wanted to talk to you about because you told me something that you did not go into details about this before the show, but. Uh, I was flabbergasted before the show that you said this. Chris Ann Hall, we've had her on the show before. She's a constitutional lawyer. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. She's a constitutional lawyer. She's the kind of person that I would imagine uh, the Convention of States people would embrace. That Chris Ann Hall would be someone that they would want to do videos with and have speak at conferences and whatever. Uh, and you told me that she was verboten. I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, I, what I, the I hell? said that. You, you went, that was a great look. Can you repeat the look? And then I said, no, no, well, I went, let's not start talking about this. I don't know, something like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. What? So I was, I was like in her Liberty First University and listening to a lot of her podcasts for a year before I ever heard about Convention States. I learned a ton of stuff about the Constitution from her. And you guys had her on her show. She yep. put that link in there. She's great. Um I've met her in person two, three times. I've seen her speak in person. Uh, she knows who I am. I was on a radio, FM radio show with her. I think uh, where you she connected called in us, and I went, right? Oh, yeah. I yeah, I gave you her name as being somebody good to talk about with this recent COVID thing, right? Yep. Um, so she's a, uh, a former prosecutor. She has a law degree. Uh, she actually went to her bachelor's degree is um, uh, microbiology. So she worked as a microbiologist for a while. Then she became a Russian linguist in the army, so she like is like completely fluent in Russian and Russian culture and all that, which is where she met her husband. Uh, then she got a law degree and became a a First Amendment attorney, and then became a uh, assistant prosecutor, and then she got fired for teaching Tea Party people the Constitution. They said you can't do that if you're a prosecutor. So she started this Liberty First University thing. Anyway, I learned a lot from her. Um, and I quoted her in my, I think it's my first podcast. I quoted her. Like I, I played a clip of her talking. Yep. Oh, that started a firestorm. I'm like, what's going on with this? She's great. Like, no, you can't quote her. You, you, so like, so why, it turns out Christian why, Hall. Why <laughs> yeah, I have to get, this is interesting, especially since I think some of your listeners will remember the episode. By the way, she, she is was, also Christian. It's not like you can't quote her because she's an atheist or something. She's Christian. She's very, yeah, she's yeah. very Christian. Very Christian. Her her husband's a minister. <laughs> anyway, um, so it turns out uh, Chris Ann Hall had 
brought out this uh, CRS. It's the Congressional Research Service. It's kind of the like fact check branch of Congress. Um, it's a group that goes and looks into things and they research and they write papers. So they wrote a paper on convention of states on what would happen if a convention of states is done. So you can imagine what Congress thinks about a convention for proposing amendments. Like right. the point is to limit their power and put term limits on them. Like right. senators. They're not going like <laughs> to like that. They're not going to like that. So it's really no surprise that the convention that the Congress says, or the at least the, the CRS says that if a convention is called, Congress gets to control it. Like Congress can approve the topics and decide where and how long it is. And, and they're going to, you know, basically try to run it. They can, they can change how states send delegates to the meeting, like all kinds of stuff, like Congress thinks they can control it. So Chris Ann Hall's, you know, she said that, well, no, they can't do that. Like right. it doesn't say that in article five, you know? Um, and the whole point of it is to, uh, have the states fix something in D.C. that D.C. won't fix. That's the whole right. point of all this. To go around so, Congress. So anyway, but Chris Ann Hall did uh, essentially blasphemy, right? So she said that there could be a problem with this convention. like, And, and I I'd heard that. I didn't actually find out about this until after I quoted her. And I just quoted her something that was great. Like I tried to say, like, well, you're using a genetic fallacy. Listen to their words. Like what she said, everybody should like, but that doesn't matter. Anyway, um, so she's come out sort of against it. And she's also come out and said, this is going to take a long time, even if it does. And it, it's not, it's still just a paper document. And you, Carter, you brought that up to me, right? Yep. It's it's a paper document. Like paper doesn't enforce itself. The, the people and through their states have to enforce the Constitution. States have to push back or or the federal government will continue to grow. That's what we've seen for 200 years. Anyway, um, the the point of that, and this is more me than Chris Ann, but I agree with that. Like, there's going to be senators and congressmen that start working full time. Like, if this gets up to, you know, 32 states and they only need two more to have a convention, you better believe they're going to be full time and they got all kind of shenanigans. Yep. They will do. So I mean, one of the things Congress says they'll do is they'll declare state petitions invalid. Like, so there's 32 states, then they'll go in and find the wording and say, oh, well, like there's one state that only did two of the three topics, but they said that the other topics are okay at the meeting, but they're not going to participate in that one. So like, like Congress could say, oh, well, we don't, we're not going to count yours. Like, well, <laughs> right, right. That's what's going to happen. So Chris Ann has done that. And that's caused negative light on convention of states action because she's done that. She she talks about nullification. She talks about states standing up for themselves, um, not allowing federal enforcement of unconstitutional order. She talks about all that stuff. Convention of states, um, it took me a long time to figure this out, but it is a business in the sense that it looks at other things as competition. So like the 10th Amendment Center is competition. You know, they, they talk about nullification. Uh, the, all the other groups that want a convention, they're all competition. They're against them all officially. Balanced budget they? amendment? No, they're against balanced budget amendment. They're they against the same goal. term limits. Yeah, they do. Well, they, well, they'll come well, up with a valid agenda. Like, the balanced budget one, they say, well, you can't just balance a budget. They'll just borrow, which is probably true. <laughs> that That is a good argument. Um, the term limits, 
there's a, it's called USTL, US term limits. I did, I also got in trouble for doing a podcast with the president. Um, I don't know if I want to get into that. Uh, but but that's when I found out that they look at them as competition. They're probably competing for resources. They're competing for dollars. They're competing for time with congressmen. Right. Um, so they, they are kind of businesses. Now, some people say a single subject amendment is better to do first. That's the U.S. term limits position. I, I know the president. I've talked to him. Um, I've tried to smooth over the relationship between U.S. term limits and convention of states. And both the executive director and the president of U.S. term limits are like all aboard. They're like, we want to have a convention, do just simple term limits for Congress, nothing else. Everybody can understand that. When you start talking about the convention of states, like they want to limit the scope and jurisdiction of the federal government. Like people, like a lot of people glaze over when you say that. Like Carter and Kerry, you understand that, but a lot of people, that's too abstract. But when you say we want to limit congressmen to eight-year terms, that's easy. So like their point is, let's do this, get that convention through. Then after that, have a convention of states. That's actually a good argument. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, I, I got I couldn't even find out what they objected to. Like the convention of states everywhere I tried to like find talk to people. No one would call me back. Like I, they said that term limits is against convention of states. And I said, well, the executive director and the president aren't like maybe there is somebody out in the field in a state somewhere object. Like, can I find out who that is so I can tell the president? And like, no, you shouldn't talk to him. Like, what do you mean? You can tell me who I shouldn't talk to. So Chris Ann Hall is the same way. They, so they said, well, Chris Ann Hall has portrayed it negatively. Um, so no, you can't quote her or you shouldn't talk to her. You shouldn't read her stuff. Shouldn't listen to her podcast. That's what people told me. Like national leader told me. I mean, don't listen Carrie, to her. Does this not Nadel smack thing. of the social justice uh, like mindset? Well, like that, you shouldn't well, listen to this was... wrong thinker and you shouldn't talk to them. Well, that's exactly, yeah, that's what I was thinking, the comparison I made earlier where you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're not building bridges and alliances. You're looking for purity. It's it's like the purity spiral in the SJW world. You are on the same team. We agree with the same basic principles, but because you have this one small difference of opinion about policy or approach or whatever, then you're out, or God, you're out. Not that that's a small difference of opinion, but, you know, that the, the, these differences of opinion negate the fact that our goals are the same. Really? They're, I don't. I just don't get that. Yeah, they're they're. That's how I look at it. Like you say like, about bringing other people in. Go ahead. Yeah, like I I, I look at. Um, okay, so my one of my the major goals or a purpose that I have that I know is has set has been set before me, and I believe as a Christian, God has set this as a part of what I'm supposed to be doing right now is pushing back against my old belief system and speaking out against it. There are lots of different people who speak out against my old belief system in different ways and from different perspectives. And I don't have to agree with them on everything or even most things, as long as we have the same underlying purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I just don't understand. Like I, I will look at people who there are people on the right. There are people who are, um, uh, uh, super progressives. There are people who are um, Christians, people who are atheists, people who are kind of maybe in this for what they say, like for the grift or whatever. People in it for for narcissism or popularity. Or there's all different kind, but they all contribute. I think there's mm-hmm. a place for all of those people. Why wouldn't and, I talk to them? And, or and quote they them? 
And some of those people reach people that maybe you wouldn't reach. That I wouldn't reach, exactly. Because like, do you, well, do you want? It does come down. Do you want term limits or not? It's kind of a yes or no question. Yeah, and you all reach different people. It's like, uh, I mean, within Christianity, we talk about the in the in the church. If you think of the church as a body, we're all different parts of that body, and everybody has a different talent, and they're in a different place, and they know different people. They're in a different world where they can use their talent with the same purpose. And so everyone's got a different audience and you you don't have to be a Christian to see that that's true when you have a shared goal or belief or mission that, you know, I don't have to be the same or believe all the same things as someone like, I don't know, like, a, like Jimmy Dore, who's a progressive, or someone like Steve Bannon, who's on the right. But I know that we are fighting the same fight in different ways and with different audiences. But we're, we're we have one underlying purpose that we have in common so why wouldn't i quote jimmy Dore? why wouldn't i quote steve bannon yeah. when it's something i agree with doesn't make any sense it doesn't it doesn't make sense i mean nick tombolini's he was i don't know if you guys saw the video and it, it just went viral again a whole bunch of people sent it to me um he he's executive director of u.s term limits he testified before congress before like a congressional subcommittee ted cruz was in there and he was explaining why term limits are a good idea ted cruz agreed and like that's a great video, like I wanted to post that, but no, you can't can't post that. I can't even talk about it. Like Convention of States officially, like you can't even talk that that happened. Like here's a guy that convinced a whole bunch of people in a congressional executive committee that term limits are a good idea. Yeah. Like, are you for term limits or not? Like why wouldn't you link wouldn't to you? that? These guys should be friends. Like I, I want to say, well, maybe they have a little different approach, and you disagree about this little bit. You know, just like a balanced budget. Well, yeah, you have to limit their spending too. <laughs> like I want to cut their money down. Like let's deal with one thing at a time. You have to fix things by steps. And if you compare like convention of states and U.S. term limits and the Tenth Amendment Center working on nullification and Chris Ann Hall, like these people are all on the same side compared to Antifa, yeah, <laughs> social justice warriors and the communists. Like, you, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It, I'm I'm on a little bit of a rant. This, no, no, no. You're rant. you're completely rant right. And it's something stuff. that's. Something that's been bothering me generally is um, you've got there seems to be a trend to conflate disagreement, tactical disagreement with uh, moral disagreement. So you'll have like on the one side, you've got people who are let's just call them very generally like limited government individualist type people. Right. And then the other side, you have actual communists like marxists communists like people literally just trying to destroy western culture and the people over here they can't effectively fight the left because they view every tactical opinion difference because by the way what you're describing the the difference between the term limits and the conventions it's a tactical argument well tactically this would be better than that and we do it like that's all that is it's not a philosophical argument it's a tactical Mm -hmm. argument they're viewing this tactical disagreement as like this chasm between them philosophically that could never be crossed and how dare you, they're just as bad as Antifa, you can't talk to them. Uh, it's its stupid and it's why our side will lose if we don't pull our shit together. It, it makes it look like a business. When you, when you see that, you, then you start thinking, this is a business and it's, it's competition. All these things are competition. That's the old guard Even though I don't get paid. Which we need to get rid of. <laughs> That's what that is. That's the old guard yeah. conservative incorporated that like 
that operates that way. And we need to just drop all of them. And as liberty-minded individuals, you know what? Yeah. I, I disagree with Maj Ture on things. He runs Black Guns Matter. You know what? doesn't matter. Fundamentally, we're on the same side. I disagree with Convention of States because, by the way, I agree with Chris Hanhall. I think we need to... Culture comes first, and I don't think a piece of paper is going to stop anything. But I'm not about to, like, tell people not to sign the thing or fight against them. Or I had you on the show when you were part of Convention of States, even though I'm more in the Chris Ann Hall camp on that one. Like, this is all, these are all just tactical disagreements. This is not, we have to stop looking at this as if this is a, um, a limited, like, limited resources and like you have too many pieces of the liberty pie and therefore i don't have enough liberty pie like there's plenty of liberty pie <laughs> to go around we need to just fight the people who are yeah. literally trying to steal the pie i have i want to bring something back i want to bring something home because if we're gonna i have to wrap up soon guys. yeah we should wrap know. up soon. Okay. it's a long show yeah have, this is long. <laughs> um i but but this goes this hope i think this this just came into my head but it's I think it's tying everything together that we've talked about. The I go to this amazing church. It's a it's a new church. It's called Church on the Square, and the pastor there is just brilliant, and he's um, rational minded. You would like him, Keith, as an agnostic, even. Is he the guy and, that rides around on the horse? No, that was the cowboy church I was going to <laughs> oh, okay. for a while. I, want, I, I did want to like, go to that one. I might make an exception to my. Yeah. I mean, I avoid church religiously, but I might make an exception <laughs> to that. Keith, and, actually, Keith and I were actually <laughs> talking yesterday about the cowboy church. Two non-Christians, we were like talking cool. about the cowboy church. Yeah, yeah. I've, well, ta I've okay, told so a bunch of people about that. I think it's cool. It's, it is cool. I, you come visit. I'll take you to both of these churches. But anyway, okay. this church, he's <laughs> more rational-minded. He's more um, analytical. And the church has only been around for like five weeks. Um, it's brand five new. Weeks. Yeah, and so one of the sermons he gave— and I happen to have this is meant to be because I have the handout on this desk right now as we're talking. He gave a sermon where he was talking about how some Christians will poo-poo uh, using quoting anyone who's not a Christian or quoting anything that's not the Bible. And they will say you shouldn't do that. And what I like about him is he quotes all kinds of people in his sermons. He quotes C.S. Lewis. He talks about Nietzsche like he brings in he, he um, it's thought provoking. He engages your brain. It's not just, he's not just speaking to your elephant, he's speaking to your writer, and he gets you to think. And so he gave this sermon about how in the Bible, in Acts, Paul quoted um, pagan philosophers when he was talking to pagans. He quoted them in the, in the because that's a bridge. That's like using quotes that, hey, we both agree on this. And just tactically, it makes sense to quote people that, that, um, you know that 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 the person you're talking to also holds in high esteem, or holds that quote in esteem, or agrees with that quote from that person, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's biblical context for this, where in Acts he quotes um, uh, Menand Menander. I'm not great with these philosophers, so he quotes him. He quotes um, Epimenides in the Book of Titus. He says as, as he's preaching. To the Gentiles, he's saying, like, don't you believe this? Like, and he quotes, uh, for in him we live and move and exist, as even some of your own poets have said, quote, for we are also are his children. Like, he, he quotes pagan philosophy to pagans. And the reason I'm bringing this up mm -hmm. is because, again, I think 
this all started you being ousted from this group with 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 I think it all started because some Christians have a really closed-minded view about talking how they talk to people who are not Christians or how they engage with people who are not Christians. And and you can also see it in them not wanting to promote Chris Ann Hall, even though she's Christian, but because she said some things they don't agree with, you're not allowed to quote her at all. Are you kidding me? Not allowed to quote, you're her. quote her. You're going to quote her when it makes sense to quote her, because if it's something you agree with and it's truth and anyway, you just, I, I'm not articulating myself very well because it just came into my mind, but it's, it's like, they're not even following what Paul would say. Paul would say, I believe based on context, like speak to people in the language they can hear. And you can and the, and and don't be afraid of engaging with like taking your feedback would have been great because here's an agnostic saying here's some feedback on this article you're not speaking to me let me explain why and it doesn't mean they have to change their approach um, but maybe like okay well maybe this document is just to Christians in the group right just to Christians who are open to this yeah. message. But it's our overall message. Our overall message should appeal to people like Keith, you know, and, and we can quote pagans <laughs> to do that. Yeah. And I don't know. Because, if because it's the word. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll just it's it's called the genetic fallacy. Right. You're saying that the words are wrong because of the source or the words yeah. are right because of the source. It's the same problem. Like, no. And that's what when I quoted Christian Hall, I published something in a Slack group, quoted her. And I had a quote of her in the. In my podcast, and I, I like tried to argue. Well, can we talk about the words that she said? Like that's what I yeah. want to talk about. Context, no, but no, nobody would even. No one would admit that they agreed with the words. But the words were like beautiful. Kristen Hall's great, right? You, you heard her. You talked to her. Yeah, yeah Like the words are like right up the alley of convention of states. These are great words. Yeah, it is genetic. But they can't even hear it. I'm not going to hear the content of what you're saying because I don't like the source. Well, it doesn't like matter the what the source is. Is there, yeah, are there truths in the words or not? You know? It's the same. People do it with the news. Like you, you quote something and you say, well, where'd you hear that? Oh, they had it on Fox News. Ah, it must be bull. Or it was on MSNBC. It must be bull. Well, occasionally those guys do say something that's correct. Like, like, like read the yeah. words yeah. and, and let's yeah. talk about the words. Yeah. yeah. That's not a proper response. Right? Well, so, yeah, the that other was thing a is it's, it, it's, a, uh, it's a red flag too, Keith, because if you, if you, have, if you have a community in which – uh, that's an accepted part of the culture to basically use genetic fallacy, then it means the community is not thinking and they can never grow. They're going to be stuck in their little echo chamber because there's going to be never any, there's never any way to, to grow and evolve. It's an unthinking though. community. It's a cult at that point, right? It's a cult, but it's a, it's a huge group. So, and that's what, to, to close out something Carter started at the beginning, the reason that we didn't do this, uh, um, you know, when I first sent the first message <laughs> that Gary DC 41, whatever, I don't even know the guy's last name. Um, he was fired too, by the way, or I was told he was fired. Uh, but anyway, um, Carter like was like, let's do a show. I'm like, well, let me find out, <laughs> you know, cause, cause I don't really know. Like the state director uh, couldn't even talk to me, um, too emotional. Then this guy, Jason, he, I, I don't, for whatever reason, I think he's probably motivated by being a full-time employee. I don't really know though. Maybe he agrees with it. I couldn't tell because he just kept hand waving like, and the guy above the state director refused to talk to me. I made a request through the, through somebody. He's like, no, don't want to talk to him. Like, so I'm pretty much done. I want to go to Mark Meckler. He's the president. Uh, I've met him twice. I spent three days with him in, uh, 
uh, West Palm Beach at the Palm Beach County Convention Center doing an event. I was the videographer. Like I did a video with him that like everybody knows about. Mark Meckler in your Lamborghini, it's called. Put that one in there. Two and a half minute video. He rented a Lamborghini. I'll just explain that. He rented a Lamborghini for this Turning Point USA show with like 5,000 students there. And he parked it in the middle of our booth. And we stood there and said, you could have this, you know. But instead of that, the federal government borrowed this much money in your name. So, like, you actually do owe one of these. Would you rather have a Lamborghini? Like, and these are college students. So, like, I'd rather have a Lamborghini. And we're, like, telling them, no, nah, can't have a Lamborghini. You owe $190,000. That's your portion of the <laughs> yeah. federal debt. And, by the way, they borrowed another couple trillion this year in your name. So, anyway, it was a great event. I did this video. Like, I do know Mark. And we got into a couple nice conversations. We got a conversation about the difference between faith and knowledge. It was very interesting. Um, anyway, I thought I'll tell I'll tell him. So I sent him a pretty summarized email, and this is after I had talked to. I had only shared this with a few people. Um, not that many people know about it yet. This, this they're going to know now. <laughs> but I didn't tell very many people because I understand what the Florida organization. I don't even want to talk about it. the Florida organization is being run as a Christian business. If you're not Christian and you shut up, you could be accepted. If you speak up even mildly, you're not welcome. That's done. I don't even want to talk about that. But I don't really know if the national organization condoned it. So I sent an email to Mark um, and he replied. Uh, he said that, no, Keith, you're wrong. You were fired for generally argumentative and contentious behavior. And, and I requested him to talk to me, like call me and talk. He said, I, I'm fully aware of your situation, something like that. That's what he said. Like, well, no, you didn't talk to me. <laughs> I'm not sure who you talked to. The, the next layer down from you didn't talk to me either. Um, how can you be fully aware? He's evading uh, his responsibility because it's uncomfortable to have that conversation with you, and he knows that he probably can't defend his actions if he has a rational conversation with you. So he needs to just evade and say, you know, I'm sticking to the party line and be done. And that is, uh, that's weak leadership and it's sad. And, and I, you know, I thought w when I sent him the email, I had two possibilities. So I wanted to know, maybe he doesn't know how Florida's being run um, and he would object. And that's kind of what I was hoping, um, but I wasn't really sure. And then the second possibility was actually he condones it and National is also a Christian, being run as a Christian organization, but it's more clandestine. At the national level, like the Florida can be open and they're OK with that. Nationally, it's much more hidden, but it's still there. So I thought those were the two possibilities. But his reply opened up another possibility, which is maybe he'd rather not know, like he doesn't want to open this right. can of worms and he just hopes I'll go away and this will all just dry up. And what they're saying is that somebody that not to toot my horn, but I've been very successful <laughs> at this. Uh, and that doesn't matter, like the goal of getting to a convention and limiting the government that way through an Article 5 convention is not as important as the risk of offending easily triggered Christians, like like with the attitude of a teenager just lost their boyfriend. That's, you know, that, that's like, that's more important. Make sure you don't offend Christians in private team-only communications. Like, that's a bigger problem, yeah. I, in Florida at least. Anyway, that's... It's, so you know I was, what, Keith, I was, I'm already uh, a curmudgeon who doesn't like to join organizations, <laughs> and every time I, like, think, oh, maybe I should go out and look for some of these, like, libertarian-esque or small government organizations and join them, and, you know, maybe I'll find like-minded people. It just, I hear a story like this, and it's like, oh, they suck, too. This organization is just 
that they suck. The organization, and I found so many like-minded people. I've met so many really good people in this, but it's a huge organization, and it, it does depend on who you put in leadership position. Yeah. Um, I think the people that they have in the state director, this uh, that uh, regional captain, like I, I was very upfront. I said these people are risks to the organization. And, and my experience is coming from a corporate world, like where I worked with Carter. Are you talking about GE Aerospace, NASA, L3 Communications, Mark Marietta? Like, I can tell you, this is bullshit would not be tolerated for one second in any of those places. No. In fact, if they find if, – if they run into someone who's more litigious, they could get themselves in trouble. Like, if you were a litigious person yourself uh, and had the inclination to make a stink, uh, I think you could – I don't think yeah. you should. I, I think that's – Well, I won't because I – Pretty much the last people I go to to fix a problem is the government. <laughs> right. We're in agreement so no, on that. that's not my so, style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and plus, you know, when it comes down to it as a practical matter, what are my damages? Like, I wasn't paid. Right. It's entirely volunteer. In fact, it was costing me money. So I don't have any economic damages. So what would I sue for? You'd have to sue for reputational Civil damages, court. which obviously I don't think you should do either. I mean, we're in agreement. And I don't think you should do it. But, you know, there are people who who will if they keep this kind of crap up um um yeah they publicly you know email i got an email from the president of the organization saying that i was fired for argumentative and contentious behavior so yeah that is a reputation thing yeah um and 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 i'm i'm telling it so now i'm not going to court um i'm not going to the government court but i will go to the unsafe listener court <laughs> you the can all decide for yourselves how well the court of unsafe space public opinion yeah. yeah public and this is not this is a uh, select group of people so no i'm not this isn't quite the the general public right well but actually this though this is a this is a group of people that they should care about in fact i'm gonna go do, do they have a youtube channel convention of states convention um of states yeah they do they do. So their YouTube channel, they're at 11.4 thousand subscribers. So assuming that our growth keeps going the way it's going, uh, we'll be bigger than you soon. You should care what our audience thinks about you because the <laughs> oh, overlap that's... between small government people and people <laughs> that will sign your document is quite large. Like our community, our community You're is like the target eight, audience. What are you at now? Yeah, what uh, are you at now? It's I think we're a little like over 8K. By... We're a little over eight. Like it went right from four thousand to eight thousand in like a month. Yeah. 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 We, like we just about doubled in a month. Yeah. Like you're gonna be like if that trend continues. Well, some of that was from the Dr. K show. Right? I don't think that'll continue that quickly, but you know the growth will continue, and you know we're a lot younger than they are, and our audience is a great overlap. So. Uh, yeah. You know this it is could not, happen. This is doesn't look good for you know again. I'm not. I'm not. SJW doesn't look good for you. It's not a good. Like I'm not trying to whatever. But you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think what they, I think their behavior is dishonest. I think their behavior is um, sophomoric, and uh, and frankly, sad to see. That's this is not how you get uh, the change that that they supposedly want. And what I'm seeing from you, Keith, is that they don't want the change. Uh, they they more want to have a, a power as an organization. So that's why they fight the other mm -hmm. ones. And they want it to be Christian. So like, okay, go found a church because what you're doing is not the best way to get a convention of states. But not, not the best way to limit government. Yeah. Right. And right. yeah, I, I agree. I I actually still want to have a convention for proposing amendments for the three topics. 
I don't like that there seems to be this fourth topic, which is to promote Christianity. <laughs> That's an unnamed fourth topic. You know, like I want to make a new meme: convention of states topics. There's not. There's four now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, I, I just would prefer they be honest. I'm actually okay with Christian businesses. Like, a, like a Christian business can have a prayer, right? That's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. They should. They should actually. <laughs> yeah. If you're a Christian uh, business, you should have a prayer. You should take but, it seriously. Yeah, the, the whole thing with not reading, that's like, you know, the fundamentalist Muslims that say, well, there's no books in the house. The Quran is the only book you need. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, that's like the, the limit of that stifling speech. Yeah. It's the worst parts of Christianity being, uh, being on, put on display here, at least, uh, at least what we've seen. So, um, Keith, this has been a long episode, but, uh, I've, I've enjoyed it. I thank you for coming and sharing the story with us, uh. You know, um, like I always said before, uh, I think we need to change philosophy and culture beforehand. So I'm actually not as excited about changing pieces of paper that limit the government's power because we don't follow them anyway. Uh, but I am excited about people getting excited for limiting the power mm -hmm. of the federal government. And uh, it's a shame. It's a shame to see that this has happened. Just as a reminder to people, you can follow Keith on Twitter at Keith Bissett. And you can find him at the Liberty Solutions podcast, libertysolutions.buzzsprout.com. He also has a YouTube channel, both a Liberty Solutions YouTube channel and uh, a music video channel, Keith the Hat Guy. We'll put links to all that stuff as well as articles that he's published um, in the show notes. So, Keith, um, thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you, Keith. Take nice care. Nice to you. Okay. All right. We'll see you at book club. <laughs> see you at book club. Yeah. I need to read. Yeah, and, and, I got, and I have this one on deck, by the way. Can you see this? Yes, that's the nice. next one. That's the next one. <laughs> and look at the, it's been read before. Yeah. Nice. That's going to, people are going <laughs> to love that one. It's a long one. This is the one I had when you, you came in. We'll talk about it in book club, but yeah, Carrie, I still remember the day Carter came into work and he said, do you know, have you ever read this book, Atlas Shrugged by Ann Rand? I think he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like. He like just looks at me and I'm like, that's the best book I ever read. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm looking forward to reading that one too. You all. Okay, I gotta out. go. Okay, all right. I have. Thanks, Carrie. Work, work uh, that I have to go do, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm well, sure I, I have. I have. To you, Keith. Yeah. Okay. Bye, Carrie. Bye. Bye, Keith. Take care. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Carter. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please avoid any contact with these individuals.
I have calculated a 97.8% chance that these are all rushing bots. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Please connect to CNN to receive the latest version of your belief system software. All hail Chris Cuomo. That last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.